At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 All right, this is Juice Robinson, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. You better keep listening. We're at WrestleCon having a blast. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Alongside the young boy, Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be discussing the first four nights of the Super Junior Tag League, the road to power struggle, and all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly into your email inbox. All right, young boy, it's time to talk about Road to Power Struggles, Super Junior Tag League, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So uh, right before we were about to record, I was like, yo, you good? You, you sound kind of tired. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. And then we come through, welcome to Keeping It Strong Style. And I was like, oh, my God. What happened to her? Like, you came through that. You came through Gorilla and, like, your, your music hit and, like, the, the pyro went. And you just got hyped or something. Yeah, dude. Red, red light came on. And I was like, <laughs> showtime. Producers were like, go, go, go. Um. Yeah, man. I'm doing good, though. Like, uh, obviously, I, I feel a lot better than last week. Sickness was trying to bury me. Yeah, man. You know? But you, you overcame. I, 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 I do no jobs. You kicked out at two. I, I, I kicked out at one. <laughs> no, that's not true. I, I, I powdered for a while. I was, I was you, you know, using smoke and mirrors. You, you were in a sleeper hole. The ref raised your hand. Oh, what? I, was, I was definitely I was definitely utilizing rest holds <laughs> Two. and I wasn't even working them. I was just sitting in them for long periods of time. <laughs> I was so sick. Uh, but yeah, things things are going better. Um, I'm excited for this show. Uh, I just peeled this uh, one in four wins instantly sticker off my soda beverage here. I apparently I won fifty ticket or fifty entry tokens. Uh, I don't know what this gimmick even means. I, I don't know. They're, I think they're working you. This feels like a like some sort so of... So you can buy more food. I like it when it's Monopoly. And it's like, 
you know, you get a little... You get the railroad. You get a little railroad or something. You know what the deal is. With right. this, it's like, you want 50 entry tokens, collect and use tokens to, ent- to enter into daily sweeps. I'm like, no, that's more work. I'm not doing that <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, man. Terrible idea. I'm not doing that. But I'm excited, man. We got a lot of news. We got a lot of stuff going on. This uh, Super Junior Tag uh, block is just on fire. I mean, <laughs> G1 who? <laughs> Best of the Super Juniors who? Oh, man. This is this is the new premier tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, it's been good, though. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited. Yeah, so before we dive into that, uh, we've got a bunch of questions I want to... Uh, answer first from the marks (laughs) from the simple marks no but uh no i mean these guys are awesome uh so starting off with the reddit questions uh reddit user muzza underscore 44 has a little bit of an easier question for us this week uh his first question if you guys could have one wrestler have one more singles title run who would it be does not matter about what title uh, he asks to choose between Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe. I, I mean, I don't know that I'd want to see any of them hold another belt realistically. Um, I don't know. Like, la- was it last year when we got the Tenkoji uh, IWGP title run? The tag team title run? Or was that? That was last year, right? They had a short little run in the beginning. I think it was, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Kojima got a little run, and I remember um, Nagata got a little never title run during the Shibata era two years ago. I really don't want to see Makabe with a belt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, i got to be honest with you. Like, that's not really appealing to me, but if I was going to choose somebody, I guess I'd have to say Nagata. Um... But nothing that was actual, actually substantial. Um, I don't know. Maybe a six-man tag run. <laughs> maybe a tag team title. I don't know. Well, he said, he said singles. Singles oh, title. It's got to be a singles title. Yeah, he said one more singles title run. Uh, I wasn't listening. Um, yeah, let's put the never title on on uh, you know, on Nagata. I'm also gonna go with the never title, but we, we you already know. I'm gonna put it on uh, my boy Satoshi Kojima, <laughs> Bread Club four 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 life. Dude, I'm waiting for the Bread Club Bullet Club shirt to come out, man. You know what? When, I'm not gonna lie though. When um when Shibata was doing that storyline with the New Japan Dads, I was really like looking forward to him having a match with Kojima, and it never happened, and so. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that either. I mean, honest. Like I said, I really don't want to see a, a title run for any of these guys. I, yeah. I think they're past that. But uh, I wouldn't be a, opposed to Kojima. You know, busting out some Western lariats. Yes, I'm all about that. Yeah. <laughs> In the second part of his question, he says, "Will Chris Jericho make any more appearances for New Japan after Wrestle Kingdom?" Oh. um... Well, we got there's rumors. <laughs> there's some rumors concerning Chris Jericho and his status with uh, the wrestling world, and yeah, it's it remains to be seen. I mean, my gut instinct is yes, we will, because in my opinion, Jericho has somewhat burned a bridge with WWE at this point. Seems like I'm not saying like he's never like he's not. I'm not saying he's like CM Punk status, but uh, 
doesn't seem like like he's gonna be work. I mean, he wasn't at SmackDown 1000, you know. Right, and he's he's, he's not on the next Saudi show, uh, Crown Jewel. And he didn't work Australia. Yeah, and you would imagine like they're they're. You know, they're pulling in Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Like, you would think they'd probably want to get Jericho. So, I mean, where else Jericho going to work? Where else can Jericho get the kind of money that he's making in New Japan other than WWE? I got to assume, yeah, we're going to see him again. I think I think we weren't sure before because of the whole relationship with WWE. Now that that's out the window, I'm like, yeah, I, I assume we will continue to see Jericho. Right, I mean, unless, you know, we'll talk about the rumors later, unless those are true, I don't know, but, I mean, honestly, I don't see anywhere else, I mean, it's it's pretty much New Japan or WWE, and like you said, like, the WWE, you know, door is kind of closed right now, so I would assume that he would continue to make shots for New Japan. Yeah, good questions. Uh, 408 has another question. He says, do you think Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega in Winnipeg has anything to do with Don not calling any recent New Japan shows? Um, so if you haven't seen this on Twitter yet, uh, Kenny Omega was wrestling at a local Winnipeg indie promotion this weekend, um, last Friday, and Don Callis came out and cut this whole promo on him. And pretty much ran him down, um, you know, saying, you know, what is the IWGP champion doing on his day off wrestling in this little dive bar in front of all these marks and um, and just ran Kenny down. So, you know, the only reason why uh, he's a champion is because he begged his friend Chris Jericho to wrestle him. He goes on on, buries Kenny, then he just hits him with the microphone, jumps him, and there's a whole beat down. I haven't seen the full segment because on Twitter They've well, got it up now. Yeah, it's online. Yeah, the whole the full like fifteen minute segments up. We've only seen like two minutes. Oh but what we saw ended with Don, you know, putting the boots to Kenny. Uh but do you think any of that has to do with Don not uh being at New Japan? Uh to some degree, yeah. I mean, I, I got to say before we even answer this question, so, you know, set, what was that, Saturday morning? Yeah. Saturday morning, Jeremy's like, yo, Josh, you got to see this. And he started showing me this, and I was like, what in the blue? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this? And I was like, who's, who's that guy? Because that dude that I saw get beat up, that guy cannot be the <laughs> IWGP heavyweight champion. Like... Dude, that is not a good look for Kenny Omega. I'm not. I'm not like downing him for his gear, or whatever. I mean, I get it. Like it's a homage, and he wears it when he works Winnipeg and all that. But the stuff Don Callis said about like you're the IWGP champion. Why are you showing up here and like working this little dive? I'm like, yeah. Why are you doing that? Like it's I. I don't know. This just to me like watching the the footage and stuff. I was like. This is a, if I was New Japan and my champion made got made to look like that was working the show and wearing that gear, I would I'd be livid, bro. <laughs> I'd be livid. Like it's so low rent, it's so like it's it just I don't know, like can you imagine a big star doing that? Like now if he showed up like as Kenny Omega, full gear and he, and he's and he he makes a, a a spot appearance somewhere whatever. That's one thing, but like this literally looked like 
you know, the, the dude that was in Ring of Honor, like, you know, in 2006 or whatever. It looks, the it dude like, shooting Hadoukens. Yeah, it looked like, it looked like DDT, <laughs> like Kenny Omega. I was like, this guy looks like a, a little geek right now showing up here. I was like, this is not the guy I want representing my company. Like, <laughs> seriously, when Kenny Omega. I know, you were like, dude, I'll have Okada get the belt back immediately. <laughs> bro, bro, if I was Gato, I'd call Gato back in, or I'd call uh, Okada back in. I'm like, yo, you ready to run the dome one more time? <laughs> we already know that they already had three five-star matches matches this year might as well do it again um i mean i get what it's whatever like you know there's probably people listening to this who think like oh you know you're being too critical it's like a fun little thing and i'm like nah screw that <laughs> kenny omega is supposed to be one of the biggest stars in the world he looked like a little joke i mean bro don Callis was beating him up he was with, selling for don Callis. <laughs> if this is like kenny's idea of changing the wrestling world like you can miss me with that. I love saying you can miss me with that. Like, I hear everybody else say it. It's freaking funny. But, um... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, like... Kenny it's not Le- it, Chief. It's not it. Uh. Kenny Omega. Sideline. <laughs> so, but, uh... But, yeah, I think I think um, them doing a very public split between him and Don Callis does have to do with the fact that Don is not going to be calling uh, the action in New Japan because the whole idea of Don Callis being his personal Bobby the Brain Heenan is the fact that, you know, he's trying to get this guy over. If he's not in that role anymore, what better way to utilize the relationship than to create, you know, an angle where there's where there's like a, uh, an issue between the two guys. So I think, yeah, it absolutely has everything to do with the fact that Don Callis will not be calling New Japan action any longer. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing, we kind of talked about it last week, you know, he had to cancel the last uh, three nights of the G1 to do Impact. And I guess New Japan was not happy with that. You know, that he hasn't been called back. You know, he's been busy with Impact, but, you know, he says, you know, nobody has reached out to him to do anything else. Yeah, and I'm um, Kenny Omega basically said to Don, like, he tweeted Don Callis uh, over this weekend and said that he'd see him on the cruise. So this this all could have been that, just an angle for the cruise. That's what it is. They're yeah. building they're building to something on the cruise that that's why Chris Jericho was mentioned and you know that's what 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 all this is really about. So yeah. um, I did think it was funny when Don Callis was like only three wrestlers in the history of Winnipeg ever meant anything to, <laughs> to wrestling. He was like Roddy Piper, Chris Jericho, and, and by God Don Callis. <laughs> He's like anyone else is just a pretender. And I was like. That's pretty funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but like, I think, I think Kenny should not be showing up wearing that gear anywhere at this point. Like, it's super low rent. But uh, yeah, that happened this weekend. Four uh, zero eight also asks, who do you see as future IWGP champions? Hmm. That's a uh, that's a great question. I think for me, and we've kind of talked about this a couple of days ago. I think the one guy for sure on the roster right now I could see holding the championship in the future is Zach Saber Jr. Did we say that on the air? I think that was just you and me talking. That's what I'm saying. We talked about it oh, the other day. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So Zach is a guy that I'm like, I won't be surprised if next year he holds the title with the kind of push that they've given him. Um, I mean. You know, they might just be setting him up as like a, a dangerous gaijin and maybe he won't get a tower run, but it's it feels like the way he ran through those aces in the New Japan Cup, come on man, they're setting him up for that. The, the guys that off the top of my head that I could see as being future IWGP champions, um, definitely Zack Saber. 
Jay White. Mm. I, I I think there's no doubt Jay White's going to be a champion. And um, if he ever signs a contract, Kota Ibushi should be an IWGP Yeah, I mean, that, that was, that's the only reason I haven't said Ibushi. is like, who knows what his contract stats is going to be. But if, if they could get some commitment from him, I would oh, strap the rocket on him, put the belt on him ASAP. Um, other than that, it's just really speculation. Yeah, I mean, far, far future... My dog, my dog Suji. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Like I'm, I never know. Like with young lions, right. how it's gonna turn out. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking. Like, I could. I want to say I wouldn't really be surprised if Hiromu Takahashi is yeah. an IWGP champion eventually. Yeah. Um, that's like the only other guy that I feel really confident naming at this point. Um, the rest of them, I, I, anybody could hypothetically, I guess, you know, Juice or something like that. But yeah, those are, those would be my four picks: would be Hiromu, Zack Saber, Kota Ibushi, and Jay. I think it's inevitable Jay White's going to hold the title. Yeah. All right, uh, Reddit user Maserat, he says, is the chaos his name is Mouse Rat? Maserat, Maserati. I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, he says, is the chaos faction going to disband or recover and even recruit? What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I mean, well, uh, well, they haven't disbanded quite yet. I think for the remainder of the year, I think they're gonna they're gonna stick together. Uh, his next question kind of plays into what can possibly happen. He says, "Where the, where could they be going with Okada and Tanahashi storyline that they have going on? Going back to the previous question, is it possible they form a newer, better faction out of the Chaos faction that is currently in Chaos?" I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible. Um, I don't know. Like, I really well, don't know. Well, this is something we kind of talked about the other day, too. Like, you know, what if, you know, Okada and Tanahashi, they team up and then, like, they get the guys that, like, Tanahashi's been trying to, like, recruit. Like, you know, Tanahashi's been saying Yoshihashi needs his guidance. He's been trying to get Kota Ibushi under his wing as well. So, like, a stable of, like, Okada, Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, uh, Yoshihashi, and, you know, somebody else that, you know, they have their eyes on. I mean, yeah, that sounds all well and good, but then think about it. You're going to run a stable with Tanahashi, Okada, and Ibushi? That's freaking unfair. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, I don't think that they're actually... Three, gonna... Three-man power trip? <laughs> yeah, and then, they, and then they got, like, Yoshihashi to balance it out to keep them the, all... The fall guy. Yeah. Um, that, that sounds kind of ridiculous to me. I don't see that being realistic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more so the thing with Tanahashi reaching out to like Abushi and reaching out to Yoshihashi is it's and we'll talk about it when we re- review the Road to Power Struggle. But they talk about it how it's his way of playing mind games to get to Okada when they wrestled and to get to excuse me Kenny Omega when they wrestled. Um, so I'm not reading it more into that than than anything else. I mean, could they? Could Tanahashi be forming his own faction? Maybe, but I mean, Okada and Tanahashi both in the same faction. The Mega Aces. I can see them being a tag team. Yeah. But not a faction. Who's the leader? That would be a terrible idea. Then they're gonna they're they're just gonna fight each other. Might as well just keep them separate. Like, it's not <laughs> even that compelling a story. Yeah. Um, as far as chaos goes, I've been saying that they need to break up for a while. I'm I'm just. I, I don't like the story. The stable's been been around for a long time now. It's not even just that. Like I had that um, criticism 
way before this storyline even became something. You know what I mean? Right. At the time, I was saying that Jay White was the only interesting thing that was going on in Chaos, and the rest of it, you know, was kind of just, con- you know, there's no point. Now that Jay has kind of left and gone off and done his own thing and left, and everyone else is in shambles, I'm like, I'm just over it. Like, I don't like the story. I, I really don't. Uh, I could care less about what happens to Chaos. They're not Chaos anymore. Chaos were heels, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bro, they were. They were a great heel stable, and it's, it, they don't really serve a purpose. It's just a mishmash of guys that are kind of connected. I do feel like they need to just split up. I don't even think they need to turn. I it. mean, honestly, I mean, besides multi-man matches, they really don't act as a faction or as a unit, really. Right, so it's a waste of our time and energy to even discuss them or, or anything. They don't do anything. Uh, then his last question, any advice for someone who's working on their own wrestling review channel? He says, currently I got some hot garbage uploaded to Twitch, LOL. Uh, I mean, my advice for you, man, is uh, just be consistent. Just put out, you know, not hot, gar- hot garbage, but, you know, good content consistently week after week. And just kind of slowly uh, build your following. Get over, pal. Yeah, that's going to be my advice. Get over. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself over and you put nobody over. Get, get a gimmick that's going to pop the territory. I'll, I'll, no, honestly, I have no idea. I don't do a review channel. Jeremy runs our website. I'm just the talent. I just show up here and talk, and sometimes people like it. Sometimes people don't. I think the one thing that does make, for what it's worth, our show as successful as it has been is we're passionate about what we're doing, and it's the only reason that we're able to week in and week out show up and do this show. Otherwise, we would have probably quit a long time ago. And so that'd be my only big, real big, like, uh, piece of advice is make sure whatever you're doing, you're actually passionate about it. Because uh, it's a lot easier to stay consistent if you care about what you're doing versus if it's just an obligation or something like that. Right. Consistency. Consistency. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Jar of Peanuts. He says, Uh-oh. here we go. <laughs> what do you guys think I should do with my extra money this month? Buy rum, buy Magna, or buy Red Dead Redemption 2? Bro, I knew it was going to be some foolishness. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something crazy. Um, yeah, I... He wants to know if he needs if he should take his money and buy his manga. extra money. Yeah, Magna Rum or Red Dead Redemption Two. Bro, you need to invest your money. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a CD and put some money away, and um, you know, start getting some uh, some compound interest on 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 that extra income that you have, pal. <laughs> you need to do dude get some financial <laughs> advice live on the air man i don't know um it sounds like you're gonna buy it sounds like you're gonna do all three if you want my honest opinion like like i'm pretty sure jar peanuts is like i'm gonna get this mixer i'm gonna get this alcohol i'm gonna play red dead redemption I'm gonna read this manga like that's what you're doing this weekend like we you already told us your plans like <laughs> oh man my uh, God. Next question comes from Jai Brian. He says, do you think the faction shakeups are over or are there still more moves to come? I personally think that both the New Japan main unit will get shaken up and that Zack Sabre Jr. will usurp Suzuki and take over Suzuki Goon, thus making it Sabre Goon, which is a badass name. Um, I mean, it seems like they are 
there probably will be some more faction shakeups. Probably, I don't see anything really the rest of this year. Maybe at the beginning of next year, maybe. Um, and you know, uh, Suzuki's still running hard right now. But once Suzuki finally decides to retire, I mean, I could see Zack Saber Jr. kind of taking over uh, the faction. I, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, New Japan has always had factions. Like, it's not like factions are a new thing, you know. You know, freaking the Choshu's Revolutionary Army, Team 2000, you know. Um, all these different groups, like, all throughout the years, they've all, like, existed. But it's like this company's never been as heavily inundated on the whole faction thing as they are it feels like right now and as good as they are at booking as good as they are at storytelling these faction um i mean we've talked about it when people have tried to ask us you know what's the deal with the factions we've always said like it's a very loose thing it's almost like a fight team with you know with like mma or something like that and then when you want to build a whole storyline around it it just feels like so convoluted man so <laughs> it i'm sorry like i'm not i just don't really vibe with them i don't want to see suzuki goon shaken up because i've already seen uh, essentially three major groups shaken up this year and it didn't make me want to watch new japan more but that's my only thing with 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 factions is like if you're gonna do like a faction war or whatever and a big split make money off of it right and, and draw off of right. it it needs to be like a big thing instead it just feels like some late 90s wcw wwf faction sort of stuff you know with like dx or the nwo is really what it feels like to me um what would minoru suzuki do if they kicked him out is my whole thing it's like they kick him out. What's he gonna do? Like, can you? Minoru Suzuki's not gonna be a face. Well, I'm sure. Like, I don't see him getting kicked out unless he's like retiring. He's not gonna. Well, he's not gonna retire. He's Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, the only way that that it's gonna become Saber Goon. Yeah. Is if they kick him out, just like they did Kojima, and then we'll, I mean, I guess Minoru could leave, but Minoru, I don't think they're. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Like. If anything, I could see Zack Saber getting kicked out and becoming a sympathetic babyface. Not, I mean, you can get sympath, you can get sympy on uh, Suzuki. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but I've seen I've seen Zack play the sympathetic babyface a million times. Like yeah. as good as he is at being a dick heel, like he's just as good at at being the face in peril. Um, yeah, I do I do agree. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to see Zack lead the if if they just did the Suzuki Goon story and the stuff with the elite. And the OGs, and Chaos, and Jay White, and whatever wasn't going on, maybe. But all, I mean, the only the only like two stables that I'm like high up on are Suzuki Goon, and it, yeah, everyone else can go kick rocks. Like, <laughs> like, this stuff is like this is not what I'm here for. I'm here for the for the five star matches. I'm here for the classic for the feuds. Heat. I'm here for the heat. I'm not here to like to gossip about like who's gonna turn turn like turn on who and you know who's a spy in this group and like it just feels lazy to me. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I don't think they're dr- I don't think it's like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people really love this stuff. I liked the angles. 
Like right. that's the only thing that's been good about it is the the angles that they ran when Cody turned like when Cody turned on uh, Kenny. Kenny. The best stuff that they did was that stuff. The stuff with Kenny and Cody in the early part of the year in the Bucks. That was all pretty interesting. After that, though, not really. And then the uh, the firing squad turn was pretty good angle. That was good, but no good. No follow up. No yeah. good follow up after that. And then like, um, you know, Gato turning on Okada was a great moment, but the follow up has not been good. And then I didn't. I don't really think that the uh, the angle with Jay White joining them was that compelling because it's just it's becoming like more and more of the same and it's like do something do something more interesting yeah uh next question comes from harrison g he says do you think Pac wants to wrestle at wrestle kingdom and do you think new japan wants Pac to wrestle at wrestle kingdom i think the answer to both those questions would be yes if you had to shoehorn Pac into the scene before the dome how would you utilize him i'd have him join the bullet club and have a special singles match with hangman page um, does he want to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom? Like in general, like a Wrestle Kingdom, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you? It's the you know, it's the biggest uh, wrestling show, you know, in Japan. It's one of the you know, arguably one of the top three biggest you know paydays you can make in wrestling. So yes, I'm sure he would want to. Um, do I realistically think that Pac is going to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom this year? Not really. I, I don't expect that. I mean, what do you think? I don't think so. I mean, we're, we're getting, like, too deep into the year now where the, I'm sure the Wrestle Kingdom card seems to kind of be in place. And it, it would kind of – he would have to be, like, added to, like – they would probably make the junior match, junior title match, like a multi-man match. Or he could, like, shove, like, somewhere random. He'd have to show up at Power Struggle, in my opinion, if they were even going to attempt to do it. Right. Pac is too big for the – I'm not saying Pac can't wrestle in the junior division – but if you're going to give him that treatment where he comes in last minute, then that means you got to do a big special match with him. Like you can't just you can't put him in a multi-man because that's a that's not a good utilization of what you're probably paying for to, to bring him in. So no, I don't think that's realistic. Yeah. If I did bring him in personally, if I was going to run Pac against anybody, I would do what was rumored earlier in the year and do him and Will Ospreay. At yeah, the dome. that would be amazing. But I don't see them doing that. I, I I do think we'll see Pac wrestle in New Japan eventually at some point. But I don't expect it to be in time for Wrestle Kingdom at this point. Yeah, I think now is too soon. Would it be awesome? Yes, it would be. Um, but again, it's just like where do you slot him with all the rivalries that are kind of already set up? You got Tag League coming up. You got Power Struggle. What are you going to do between now and Wrestle Kingdom to build something compelling for him. I mean, they could give him, like, if he shows up at Power Struggle, he's getting the Jericho treatment and he's getting a big match. Yeah. Um, but I re- more realistically see him showing up sometime, if at all, next year. And then you put him in the uh, the best of the Super Juniors. And just have him run house, clean house and that thing. Yeah. You, you basically, you put him over and you, you make him... You know, you give him the title. <laughs> you give him the strap. You give him the, um, the Bob Holly. Put the title on him, have him beat have everybody. Have beat everybody, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's more realistic to me. I don't see him wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Next year, I feel like that's much more likely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Facebook questions. Howard Schilling, three-part question. Who is the breakout star of Rapungi 3K? Do you see them ever breaking up? If they do, who turns on whom? Uh, I think, we you know, we've mentioned this several times, that show, 
is kind of the breakout star there. The company's behind show. Yeah. He's the guy that they see as being like the, you know, the bigger star of the two, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, I do think eventually that team will break up. Now, I don't think it has to be a traditional, oh, he turned on him. A lot of times we see teams in New Japan just amicably, you know, they split up. They they both have singles goals, you know, almost like a Rapungi Vice. Um, they split up and they, they didn't turn on each other. You know, Trent went heavyweight and then Rocky went to manage. They could. I mean, they had a... If you followed their young lion careers, I mean, they had a very long-standing rivalry prior to their excursion. So, I mean, they could pick that back up and, and draw money off that eventually, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Um, show, anyone that sees show knows that this guy's money. I mean, he's a he's a bodybuilder. He's got the looks. He's got tons of charisma. Like, he's a star. But don't don't get it twisted. Like yo, Oh, Yo is awesome. Yeah. Yo, Yo's excellent and has a will probably have a fantastic career as well. I wouldn't be surprised for either of them to have, you know, prolonged success, you know, provided they do the right things in their careers. But right. uh, I mean, yeah, I mean anyone that sees shows knows that he's special, so all right, next question comes from Rich. He says, if you had an observer Hall of Fame vote for the Japan region, who would you use it on? Yeah, so, I mean, you were kind of, like, trying to explain this to me. I mean, I listen to Observer, and everywhere that they talk about the, you know, the Hall of Fame, but I'm, I don't actually subscribe, so I'm like, how does this Hall of Fame work? It, it sounds super confusing. Right, and um, on the uh, wrestling, I mean, uh, Voices of Wrestling Patreon, uh, Rich Creates and Joe Lanza, they, they did a great job explaining how, how it works, and they've been having people on for different regions, um explaining like who they would vote and kind of previewing each region i haven't caught all of it so i'm still kind of a little uh blurry on how it all works i know there's different candidates that you can vote for um do do you only have certain like can you only vote for a certain number of guys in the region or or like do you only get one vote or there's i I have to go back and listen to because rich chris did a great job like breaking it down but it's been a while since i listened to it uh but you do get there's a certain amount of votes that you get i think per region or something like that or just overall, and you can choose between certain regions. Um, but the guys in the Japan uh, region this year are Jun Akiyama, Sima, uh, Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroshi Tenzan, uh, Fujiwara, Hayabusa, Kota Ibushi, Yuji Nagata, Tetsuya Naito, Kenny Omega, who was on the ballot for the first time, uh, Kayoshi Tamura, and Akira Akira Tawi. Yeah, and just to be clear, Kojima and... Tenzon on as a team, Tenkozy. Yeah. So, I mean, just looking at it, um, Junakiyama is a guy that, in my opinion, should be a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I don't know how these votes go, so I, I really don't know. But I've, I think he's missed it because I remember listening to Dave and them say that he's kind of missed it a few times. And I think he's like... If he doesn't get it this year, he might be off or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's a certain like amount of time, certain time period where you could be on the ballot before you get um, removed if you're I, not voted on. I mean, Jun Akiyama, in my opinion, is a guy that is should potentially be a, a Hall of Famer. I mean, Triple Crown champion, GHC, GHC champion. He's one of the like guys that was right outside of the four pillars in all Japan. Um, he, like what he means, what he like has brought to Per Rezu's really, really important. Um, I don't know. Sima is another, like Sima, I don't know too much. I know that he's been showing up in like Wrestle 1 and DDT and like 
apparently is like drawing like a lot of interest like to big Japan and all these different companies ever since the split with uh, D- with the Dragon Gate this past year. Yeah. So I think that that's something where he's starting to get some buzz off of that. Uh, I personally wouldn't vote for him. Um, but I would I would definitely vote Junakiyama. Uh Tenkozy, um, one of the most dominant tag teams in the history of Japanese wrestling. I mean, I'm, I think they've won both the um, the World Tag League as well as the um, the Tag Carnival over in All Japan. I think they won it in the same year as well, and I think oh. they're they're the only team that's ever done that. Um, but they've 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 held the um, the tag titles in All Japan as well as New Japan dominant tag team um so i mean they could probably i just don't know as an act if it's that if it's hall of fame worthy right i really don't i i personally wouldn't um fujiwara yoshiaki fujiwara is like an easy yes for me absolutely positively one of one of the all-time great workers in in all of wrestling (laughs) no matter what style you so i would i would definitely say yes to nakayama definitely say yes fujiwara um, Hayabusa is probably a yes, depending on your school of thought. Um, for the Hall of Fame, yeah. I mean, it really. I mean, like he's an innovator when it comes to high flying wrestling and um, death match wrestling as well. His work in um, in uh, FMW and different companies. So I mean, possibly I wouldn't say yes if I, if I was given the vote right now, but possibly. Obviously, we know about Ibushi, we know about Nagata. I would I wouldn't vote for either of them right now. I wouldn't vote for Naito or Kenny Omega right now. Um, I would say yes to Kiyoshi Tamura though. Um, but I don't know that other voters would, to be honest with you. And Kiyoshi Tamura to me is one of the top five greatest shoot wrestlers that have ever lived so I'd have to say yes and then uh, Akira Taui is an easy is an easy yes absolutely one of the four pillars of all Japan so yeah like those would be my, my votes would be Akiyama Fujiwara Tamora and Taui absolutely yeah I mean I'm, I'm very ignorant to a lot of these guys their previous runs so I don't I if I was you know voting for the observer ballot I would not be a great guy to vote in the Japan the Japan region I mean because I've you know I've mentioned before you know I've recently gotten in New Japan I know of course I recognize all these names but I haven't seen their full body of work or know their full impact to say you know choose Akiyama over Hayabusa you know so to me I think you know in the next coming years I'll be a better kind of range, especially when we're voting on guys like Nagata and Kojima and a lot of these guys that are currently going right now. I think Nagata needs to go in, but maybe not right now. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, Omega, Naito, Ibushi, way too soon. Those guys are still in the prime of their runs. You know, they're going to be going for quite some time uh, before they even get voted in, I would think. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Mike. He says, what do you... what?" Uh, what do you think match of the night will be for Power Struggle on November 3rd? Oh, um, I mean, that's an easy pick for me. Um, the recently added 
Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight title match between Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, I mean, that has to be it, man. Those oh, guys God. have bangers every time they're in the ring with each other. Yeah. And so I'm expecting, yeah. This I'm expecting that to be match of the month. Yeah. And, you know, a potential match of the year ca- candidate, potential strong style fight of the year candidate. Like, I'm very, very, very excited about that match. Uh, Howard Chilling, he says, if Evil doesn't take the IC title off of Jericho at Power Struggle, who takes it off of him at Wrestle Kingdom? I think that, I mean, what do you think? Well, we're going to do our preview show next week. Yeah. Um, But, okay, I'll just answer the question. Let's say Evil doesn't take the belt off of him. It seems like they're setting up a match between him and Naito. Right. To me, that's the only thing that makes sense right now. Unless... <laughs> Unless Naito goes to the dome and loses to Jericho again. Oh my god! And then Jericho uh, drops the belt. And the Naito fans set the internet on fire. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, I don't know. And then the last question comes from our buddy Zach Porter, and he wants to know if I have watched Bloodsport yet. Kumite, kumite. Unfortunately, Zach, I have not watched Bloodsport yet. I know. This man is just watching wrestling. That's all he does. Yeah, dude. Literally, Saturday, I watched SmackDown 1000. I watched ROH TV. I watched MLW TV. Um, I watched, um, you know, night three of the Super Junior Tag League. I watched 10 Pounds of Gold. I was just running through stuff. I watched Tyler Bate versus Walter uh, from Hello Wembley for progress. So yeah, that's that's what I did instead of watching Bloodsport. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll get on Bloodsport eventually. And uh, that's gonna wrap up all of our questions. Now let's jump into Road to Power Struggle. So we had two full shows on the 16th and the 17th. So we're just going to kind of talk about some of the key points on some of these shows, and then we'll jump into the Super Junior Tag League matches. Yeah, so um, the first two nights to open up the show, we got uh, two different six-man tags. Um, On the first night, we had a... uh, six-man tag team of Toa... Who was on that team? It was, it was Toa Hanare, Shota Umino, Ren Narita taking on Ayato Yoshida, Yota Suji, and Yuya Uemura. Yeah, so the... um, And then the, the next night, they did something very similar. The only difference was on the Umino team, uh, they switched out Toa Hanare for Hanma. Yeah. And um, very similar matches. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed... Both of these um, six-man tags. However, I will say that the first night, the uh, the October sixteenth show yeah. with Toa Hanare, that match was awesome. Yeah, dude, that match was fire. That match was really, <clears throat> really awesome. Yeah, and the one thing I loved about it was like almost got a taste of like Hanare and Ishii vibes with Hanare and Suji, with Hanare playing the role of Ishii and yep. Suji playing the the role of Hanare. Yep, I agree. Um, I really, really dug that a lot. Uh, it was awesome to kind of see those two big bulls like go at it. Yeah, man, I, dude, I've been so impressed with Suji these last few tours. I feel like he just continues to improve. He's putting on size. I mean, he just looks like he knows more what he's doing in there now. I mean, yeah, he's just he's been on fire. Yeah, I'm all about that. And then obviously, um, they've been playing off of the the whole like. Uh, 
the backstory between Umino and Yoshida going back to the Lionsgate project matches and their rivalry that they've had. Yeah. And every time they're in the ring together, they've been playing that up. And I think those are two guys that they see a lot of potential in and a lot of money. And so that's also very interesting that, that they've kind of paired them up and their interactions are very, very crisp, very, very good. And then um, the other pairing has been uh, Narita and Uemura and just yeah. great, great wrestling and grappling from these guys. And this seems to be another rivalry that's been kind of kicked off here. The second night was very similar. They just threw Hanma in instead. And then um, in the second match, they switched Hanma and Hanare's roles. We'll get to the second match here. Um, I didn't think the second night was even nearly as good, but it was still entertaining. But man, Toa Hanare and Suji start like th- those are two guys I want to see actually yes. go at it. We need, we need a Lions project, uh, Lions Gate show with um, the main event. Well, not the main event, but one of the highlight matches, Hanare and Suji. Yeah, I, I would definitely be all about that. Um, it was it was good how on commentary they were talking about how Toa Hanari is like looking for a way to capitalize, move up in the card, and they're like he really needs to deliver, with, you know, when he has opportunities like this, and they they definitely did that. Um, this this was actually, in my opinion, aside from the main event, this was right up there with the main event. I actually liked it more than the main event. This is my favorite match of the whole night. The the. October 16th show with Toa Hanare, Shota Umino, and Ren Narita going over Yoshida, Suji, and Yuya Yamura. And I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to give you a hot take Hot right take now. alert. This is my hot take. <laughs> of this recent two classes of Young Lions, and I've been torn about this, and I've had like feelings one way or the other, but I'm now of the opinion that Ren Narita is the best wrestler of the modern classes of Young Lions. Yeah. I mean, Every, that, like I defy anybody who sees this guy actually the mechanics and and his grappling skills and his selling, his sell- the facial expressions. Bro, I don't I don't care if they highlight Oka. I don't care if they send Kawato on excursion. I don't care if they give a New Japan Cup to uh, Kitamura. I don't care how many times they let Umino come in and do a hot tag. Narita's the best wrestler of that group. Yeah, like he just is. I mean, if you really, really watch his work, you'll see that. I mean, we've been singing his praises since we've started this show. I mean, the Young Lions Cup, him and um, um, him and Yagi. Yagi, who just retired. I mean, they had some epic matches on that that tournament and just all these undercard matches earlier this year. I mean, and he's just bro. He's really, really developed. Like, I think he's a guy that is ready to actually go on an excursion. I don't think he should go on an excursion at this point. I mean, he can. But bro, he's so good. Like I'm ready for him to like actually just go and just do something. Like they, I don't know if I need him to go away for two years or a year or anything like that. Or if they do send him on an excursion, it needs to be a short excursion because yeah. he's ready. That like he might not have. I the only reason I would say maybe sending send him away is to develop a character, get that life experience. But as far as in ring goes, Narita's got it. He's done. Like he's 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 good to go, man. He's yeah, good. he's definitely a future junior star. People for sure. might people might think I'm crazy for saying this, but I'm telling you, I feel like this is one of those things where like a year from now or two years, people are gonna be like, "Whoa, where did this Narita guy come from?" And I'm gonna be like, "Go back and listen to the listen archives." Listen to keeping it strong style because I've been from call- the episode been, one on. Episode one, I've been calling this guy Narita, like, and I've been torn at times. I've been like, I don't know if he's my favorite or Oka, but I'm at the point now where I'm like. Narita by far is the best wrestler. When it when it just comes down to wrestling, he's the, mechanics, the, he's, yeah. he's the best one. Um, 
So, other matches. Second match on night one, we had uh, Tanahashi, Makabe, and Hanma taking on the team of Kota Ibushi, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. And like you mentioned, on the second night, um, Hanare or... They switched uh, out Hanma Ma- for... Uh, for Hanare. For Hanare, yeah. Yeah. Which, obviously, Hanare is another... Uh, Regular teammate of Togi Makabe, so that kind of made sense. Right, they were in the World Tag League together last year. Also, I would be... I think one reason they might have done that, Hanma, again, he didn't look like he belonged in there with these six, with these five guys, and they, they might have put him in that Young Lions match as a... Kind of a cool down? Maybe like to take a break, but I don't know. I mean, those Young Lions go so hard, maybe they're trying to... Maybe they were giving him an... An opportunity to give them some experience. I don't know, but yeah, he's still looking like what we've been saying. I, I don't. We don't have to belabor the fact, but yeah, I, I worry every time I see Hanma in there. Um, I I love the story that these six mans are telling. You know, this continued story of Hiroshi Tanahashi wanting Kota Ibushi to see wrestling his way and to kind of come under his wing. Um, you know, that's been an ongoing story between Tanahashi and Ibushi, and now that story is more interesting. Now that Tanahashi is facing Omega, Ibushi's kind of caught in the middle here. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, I'm tag partners and very good friends with Kenny Omega. Uh, but I also respect Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, after the matches, you know, Tanahashi's like talking to Ibushi and like. There was one thing I thought was funny was it was funny on the first night to see Tanahashi teamed up with Makabe and Hanma because they're essentially the last two members of Great Bashiel. Yeah. And I'm like, this do- this doesn't fit. That's <laughs> not right. And then on the other side, you've got Kota Ibushi teaming with Yujiro Takahashi and Chase Owens, who are essentially Bullet Club. And I'm like, it's literally like Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi do not belong, belong on either of those teams. On either of these two teams. Dude, I, I still think it's hilarious when uh, Chase tries to get uh, Kota too sweet. He just high-fives him instead. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's okay, but it just seems like... Um, it's more of that stuff where I, I just feel like these guys are all casualties. Talking about Yujiro uh, and Chase Owens, I feel like they're casualties of this whole bloated, um, you know, faction warfare stuff. Like, because now, now we're getting to the point where we're like, well, what are we gonna do with Yujiro and, and Chase once the whole like elite thing like gets figured out? You know what I mean? Right. We like we don't know one way or the other. Um, and I don't know how Kotobushi fits into all of it. It just seems like, ugh. Yeah. But it was interesting. They brought up on, on commentary, like you mentioned, um, Tanahashi. They mentioned how, like, he had been trying to reach out to um, Yoshihashi just before his recent, um, you know, uh, contract defense against... Um, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what? Uh, that... He was defending the contract against, against Okada. Why do I forget names? <laughs> yeah, he defended the the contract against Okada, and then um, now he has a you know the 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 January fourth Dome show against Kenny Omega, and it seems like he's trying to play those same games by sort of alluding to the idea of taking um, Kotobushi under his wing and all that. And uh, Kevin Kelly did a great job on commentary, just talking about the conversation he had with Kotobushi, and he was saying, you know. He's like, I, I feel like I'm with Tanahashi, but I'm also with Kenny. And he was like, well, he's like, you know, they both want me to kind of agree with them. And he's like, well, what do you want? And he's, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff there. And definitely plays into the Wrestle Kingdom 13 main event. 
So in the first night, uh, you know, Tanahashi's team got the win, high fly flow on Owens. The next night, Owens picked up the win with the package pile driver on uh, Toa Hanare. Yeah, and they continue to kind of tease the um, the philosophical differences between um, Kota Bushi and the and his teammates because they kept trying to cheat and he kept you know yeah they would like both of them would jump in the ring and like try and like double team they're like come on Bushi come on and he's like although I've seen him double team with like Kenny a million times so I don't know why he's so opposed to it right now it's kind of an inconsistent thing if you want my opinion yeah. like it's a total legal move. Like, it's not like they were, like, choking the dude with, like, you know, in the corner. and Right, they just wanted to jump him. <laughs> they just want to do a double-team maneuver when they tag out. Like, that's pretty normal. I don't even see that as being, like, like a heel tactic, but whatever. Um, <laughs> super consistent storytelling from New Japan. But, yeah, so they, they kind of continued, like, the dissension between Kotobushi and those two guys. I don't – and I am still – the I'm still like, well, what, what are they going to do with Yujiro and Chase Owens? It sort of feels like when – um like when DX broke up and you were like, well, what's going to happen to, like, Billy Gunn and, like, Rodon? <laughs> <Rodon. laughs> what's going to happen to X-Pac? Like, yeah. clearly Triple H is on his way to stardom. Like, what's going to happen to the rest of these guys? Yeah. Or, like, you know, when, like, the nation broke up and The Rock's going to be a star, it's like – What's going to happen to uh, D'Lo Brown and the Godfather? (laughs) That's what this sort of feels like. It's like two guys with gimmicks, but you're like, you know, the Bull Club's going to break up, and where's Chase Owens and Ujiro going to be? I mean, honestly, I feel like those guys would be better off just being a part of the OGs. They should have been, but they already kicked them out, unless they, like, turn. But do you want another turn in this storyline? It just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just makes you breathe heavy. Like, literally, it's just like... (sighs) So, yeah. But, yeah, and then... um, in the um, in the main event, or I guess the semi-main of the Road to Power struggle uh, portion of the shows, we got two nights of what was it, eight eight man tag match. Yeah, action. Bullet Club. It was the uh, team of it was uh, a, Switchblade, Jay White, Bad Luck Fale, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa taking on the Chaos team of Okada, Okada, Toriyanu, and the Best Friends. Yep. Trent and Chucky T. And we got this same matchup two nights in a row. Um, I did think that it was interesting. The first night, um, Jay White did not come out with the rest of Bullet the, Club. The Bullet they Club. had separate entrances. Him and uh, Gato came out separately to his music. And then the next night, he did come out to the Bullet Club entrance. So I think maybe they were just trying out a couple different things. Because this is like literally the first time he's teamed up with these guys ever. Right. Um, what did you think here? I didn't think it was kind of weird the first night when he didn't come out with him. It's like, you're supposed to be with these guys, but you're still coming out separate. So it just made me think, like, is Switchblade not going to be part of Bullet Club for long? And then the second night he came out with them. It actually, it was still kind of it was kind of weird seeing him come out with them, right? It was. Uh, you know, one thing, I did see a tweet from Tama where he essentially, or maybe it was like an Instagram post, but he said... Um, the Bullet Club doesn't have bosses. Right. He's like, well, we have front men. He was uh, like, he and he was like, the club controls the front man, not the other way around. He's like, basically, like, don't get it twisted. Gotcha. Also, on one of these tours in the backstage, you know, Jay White was cutting a promo, and he was like, he's like, I'm not the leader of Bullet Club. People keep saying I'm the leader. I'm not the leader. He's like, you think I'm crazy enough to try and tell those guys what to do? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not the leader. We are one team. So, yeah, I, I I don't buy at this point. I don't buy Jay White being part of anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, Jay White just seems like he's 
so, a self-interested person. He's just going to use these guys. He's an opportunist. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really all it is. It's just business. And, like, I don't think he's, like, part of the Bullet Club, even though, like, he is. But it's not like he's BCOG for life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. He's BCOG until he can find something better. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, I did think it was I I felt like it was a weird vibe seeing him and Tama specifically him and Tama like being on the, on the same, same team. team yeah it just, it just looked weird it, I don't know yeah it's yeah they need to figure out a way to make this kind of cohesive because it doesn't have the same vibe that the Bullet Club has always had you know yeah um, I mean there's some of the same pieces there and there's a little bit of familiar familiarity but I mean I don't know we can give it some time um, this is only the second Two times that they've ever teamed together. Right. There was some, there was some awkwardness when the Bullet Club first you know became a thing and they kind of figured it out. So we'll see. But um, these matches they were fine. Three star affairs. Um, yeah. Bullet Club picked up the win on the first night um, with a switchblade pinning Chucky e. T. And then the second night, uh, Bullet Club got disqualified when Gato came in hit the um, hit the brass knucks. Did he hit Okada with the brass knucks? Oh, was it somebody else? Someone got hit with brass knucks. Uh, yeah, I think it was Okada. Yeah, so that that caused the uh, DQ there. Yeah, yep. So, um, my main thing with this is like, I kind of get why they're why they're feuding with Okada because Jay White's in charge now, mm-hmm. and they're setting up the match between Okada and Jay White. But it felt like originally. We, we should have been getting some sort of feud between Kenny and whoever was leading, you know, the OGs. And now it's like the elite is a non-factor in this whole story. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like chaos versus the OG Bullet Club. And like, what's going on with the elite? They're all, they're off on a cruise with Y2J. <laughs> um, yeah. So it just feels really weird. And that's another reason. Like, it just seems so directionless, nameless. And people are like, well, be patient. I'm like, no. No, it's been going on all year. We've been pretty patient. Like we've been giving it a lot of time and stuff, and this just seems. Well, it's like I mentioned a couple, either last week or a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, it's like, it's the the whole book of you just ended out of nowhere. It's like the elite guys are gone right now. It's like, what's happening here? But. Uh, on the second night after the match, you know, uh, Bullet Club, they were playing on beating down Okada, but then Tanahashi makes the save, returns the favor, uh, but Okada leaves without any interaction with Tanahashi. They so, did They did ask Tanahashi during the press conference, um, you know, about the crowd going crazy when Okada uh, came out mm-hmm. to save him, and, you know, if there was any, like... You know, basically an opportunity for them to like join forces or something, and he basically said that he didn't want to answer the question that it wasn't something he was ready to talk about. Yeah, so they're doing a slow build, a slow tease of eventually Okada and Tanahashi teaming now, together. That I like. Um, not even just because I'm a fan of it, but like it's actually like kind of there's some logic to it, and they're building something, and it's not just. This big mess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very compelling. You know, these guys are, you know, career rivals, and now yeah. they, have a, they have a common enemy. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that's pretty much all the road to power struggle stuff right there. Now we jump into the Super Junior Tag League. The first match of the tournament was the Bullet Club duo of the Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori, and the Sniper of the Skies, Robbie Robbie Eagles, taking on the team of Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask. 
Yeah, so this this was really good. Um, 11 minutes, 10 seconds. Um, I thought it was a great way for them to introduce Robbie Eagles for the first time. And, you know, to do it against Jushin Liger and Tiger Mask was a smart idea. Yeah, uh, I thought Eagles looked really good in this matchup. Uh, they kind of worked over uh, Tiger's knee. He did. They worked over uh, a Liger. The, I mean, they worked over Liger's yeah, leg. He did a 450 on Liger's leg, and then he did this inverted figure four, mm-hmm. which eventually got uh, Liger a tap. And I think the, the interesting thing with um, Eagles, you know, the Japanese fans, they're not really familiar with him, so they weren't sure what his finish was. Right. So any big move he hit, they were kind of like popping for and like kind of gasping on the near falls. And they were seemed to be shocked that he tapped out Liger. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I was listening to I don't remember who it was. I was listening to I believe it was Voice Wrestling. They were they were uh, pointing out that um, anytime Liger and Tiger Mask wrestle, and you never think of this, and I've never noticed it, but they're like. Basically, if they win, Tiger Mask always picks up the win, and if they lose, it's Liger. It's always Liger taking. Yeah, the it fall. was worse than wrestling that pointed that out. I'd never noticed that, but then like they said that, and I was like, you know what? That's, I am like always shocked when they lose, and it is always Liger because <laughs> you would never think that Liger's the guy who's gonna right. You take think the you think Liger's gonna hit like a Liger bomb and get the Ta- win? Tiger Mask is the guy, is the fall guy, but not really. It's Liger. Liger's right. the one who, who takes it. I mean, that just shows you how uh, selfless Liger is. Like, yeah. I mean, at this, at this point in his career, I mean, Tiger Mask is not that much younger than him, but he's still putting over the the younger guy of his team. And Another fun fact, up to this point, Liger and Tiger Mask have never won a match in World Tag League, ever, in the Junior Tag League, up yeah. to this point. Right, they're, so, they're usually out the first round. They, they always lose in the first round. When it's a single elimination, it's like those guys are not going far, but... Since it's a round robin, we'll see some more stuff from them later. But um, Robbie Eagles, I thought it was a good way to introduce him. Um, I don't think we've even started to scratch the surface of what we can see with him. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. It was a three, you know, a three star match. Yeah, him and Ishimori. Um, I think I don't like Robbie Eagles' uh, bandanas. I think they look stupid. <laughs> and um, you know, one thing I, I do want to criticize a little bit. Hmm. I don't think Robbie Eagles has very good facial expressions. I, I think they're kind of goofy. He he yeah he needs to work. I, on I that. feel like he over uh, dramatizes a little bit. He either over dramatizes or he just has this vacant look on his face, and I'm like, he need he does need to work on it. He he really does because it's it just is kind of off putting in a way, and like it doesn't draw me into his matches. Like hey, he can fly, he can do all the high flying and stuff in the world, but like um, some of those like comparisons to Osprey. They might not be so far off because Osprey was kind of that way a couple years ago. Yeah. So yeah, but um, Robbie Robbie Eagles makes his uh, debut for New Japan proper, and uh, you know they pick up two points. Yeah. Next up, we had Super Sixty Nine, Risuke Taguchi, and Super ACH taking on the CMLL team of Volador Junior and Soberano Junior. I love, and by love I mean hate, but I love. How every year, anytime Volador or anytime Ultimo Guerrero wrestle, they decide that they're gonna wear the mask to start the match. Yeah, and like the- like we haven't been watching like like the like these Corkin crowds specifically don't know that you lost your mask 
What the best the best part about that is they still pop every time they take it off. It's so <laughs> stupid. And then like Kevin and then the funny thing is like Kevin Kelly really is putting it over. Like Kevin Kelly hasn't called the English on like a Fantastic Mania, so we've never had to hear this, but he's like, Is is he gonna compete with that mask even though he lost it? And he's like, Oh, there we go. Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, we know you're gonna take your mask off. Like it's been years now. Dude, cheap pop. It's a cheap pop. And it's not like I get it, like if it's like oh you know we're in uh, Beppu or you know like yeah. whatever like you know we're in we're in Edison you know Edian or whatever yeah but it's like no bro you're in Tokyo you're in Corkin it's the same people that have been coming to see you for years yeah because the Corkin crowd the Corkin the, crowd there's the like smarks of Japan they know they know that and also I'm just gonna say this I don't like Volador anymore because of the hair yes dude it was very <laughs> it was very weird seeing him with short hair. It's and really, a goatee. It's really. I don't like that he has a goatee. That's the thing. Like, it's not just that he has short hair. Uh, like, it's so weird. Yeah, no, dude. no, no. Voldemort's still great. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. But, but for me, before I he took the mask off, I, I forgot that he lost that hair versus hair match. Nah, yeah, I remember. Uh, and so when he took the mask off. I was like, oh, what? What did he do? <laughs> um, he actually uh, got some staples in his ear because his uh, Matt Taven was I, cutting his hair, and I think cut his ear oh really yeah oh yeah because his ear was bleeding uh, at the end of this match yeah he had stitches in his ear his ear from getting his hair cut but uh Soberano Jr um a lot of people were kind of like down on him I guess he he had some uh you know some botches and a couple things like that during this match yeah man he's, he's a little sloppy um in this match I liked his work I don't know I mean I didn't see too many mistakes I don't know, know if it's this match I think some of the other nights he was a little more spotty I mean, some a lot of his spots he hit were good, but there was some transitional stuff that were kind of off of him. Well, what do you think about Super Sixty Nine, Taguchi, and ACH? These guys are coming out here in the uh, the rugby, rugby and doing the little you know rugby stuff in the beginning. You know, it's fine. Like I know what to expect with Taguchi. You know, you know he's gonna be a clown. You know you're gonna get the ass base offense. You're gonna get the rugby plays throughout the match. And ACH, he's a guy when he's with Taguchi, he's gonna be goofy as well. Uh, so you know, I know a lot of people can be down on it. On them just being so goofy and not, you know, wrestling out to their full potential. But in this tournament, I think it's fine. Dude, I liked it. <laughs> I like Super 69. <laughs> I, I mean, they're a very fun team. Bro, I know I was down on, down on them last week, you know, but like, listen, ACH is one of the best performers in pro wrestling today. And I think one reason I like ACH, especially teaming with Taguchi, is because... ACH is like the biggest freaking anime nerd that there ever is. And I feel like he literally like practices his facials so that he will look like he's in a uh, an anime. Because <laughs> like he does stuff that I'm like, this is literally like an anime. Like like the faces he makes, um, the moves he does, like it's it's Jap it's literally like Japanese culture. I'm like, this yeah. is freaking great. And then Taguchi, like a lot of these guys are kind of taking it easy. Taguchi is being like he's doing his usual Taguchi stuff and you know he's definitely like hamming it up but bro we're getting like like Taguchi like effort like we're getting some good effort out of Taguchi which we don't normally get during like the six mans and things like that him and ACH are, are doing a lot of stuff uh, which I appreciate and they are funny like they're actually entertaining yeah um, 
I've heard a lot of people that are down on them. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are just kind of over the antics and the gimmick. Dude, I don't care. I, I think it's funny. Like, I usually don't like Taguchi, but in this tournament specifically with ACH, I think it, I think it's been good. I think it, this has been some of the best stuff I've seen from Taguchi in a long time, actually. Yeah, and overall, it was a good match, and uh, I think... Uh, it was okay. I mean, there was, not, like, all these, these matches were, like, three stars, honestly. Yeah. Voldor and Soberano picked up the win here. Voldor hit a super Rana. And, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised because you know, normally the CMLL teams don't always do yeah. well in these tournaments. And plus, uh, Taguchi and ACH, they are former champions. These guys have been in the finals of these uh, tag tournaments before. So kind of a shocking start um, for uh, the CMLL team. Well, you know, it's first night of a long tournament. We got a long way to go. Um, that takes us to the next match of the tournament. Uh, the team of Suzuki Goon and the reigning junior tag champions Yoshinabu Kanemaru and Desperado taking on um, the team now known as Time Machine, Kushida and Chris Sabin. And uh, this match got a, got a bit of time, 14 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, Suzuki Goon surprisingly jumped uh, Time Machine at the beginning of the match to kick things off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then we went from there. <laughs> yeah, Suzuki Gun doing the, what you expect them to do, pretty much cheating at every corner. Um, it came down to the end where uh, Saban had, uh, he had, I believe he had Kanamaru pinned with the cradle shock. And then uh, there was, Despy uh, pulled the referee out of the ring. Right. Um, with the spear, he got missed in the face by Kanamaru. Yep. And then Despi uh, hit the pinche loco and got the win here. So uh, Time Machine had their win stolen from them, and uh, Connemara and Desperado picked up two points. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm really loving Saban and um, Kushida as a team here. They implemented a lot of Motor City machine gun maneuvers, a lot of um, time splitter maneuvers. Um, I like the matching gear. I'm, I'm into Time Machine. I like I like that Chris Saban doesn't have that whack gear that he's been wearing all year. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm not like I don't hate this Time Machine tag team, but I'm also not like I haven't seen anything that's really that impressive to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't I, I haven't watched him and been like, oh my god, these are like this is like the the Motor City machine guns. Like, no, nah, like. Um, but you know, it's a, we still got a lot of nights to go, so I'm waiting. I'm optimistic, but I didn't see anything in this match that really drew me in to either team. And I, I would say I was down the most on this match of the out of all the matches. This was this was the boringest one to me. Really, the whole night. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they got 14 minutes. Uh, they brawled outside for a while, and like, yeah, they they did some stuff, but it, it just wasn't. There was nothing really there to like. Draw me in, you know what yeah. I mean. I think I'm just a Chris Saban mark. <laughs> I like Chris Saban. I mean, I'm not a Chris Saban mark, but I like Chris Saban. But there wasn't anything here that was super compelling or anything. Um, but speaking of compelling, let's talk about the main event and what I think both of us would classify as the match of the tournament so far. Yeah, um, we had the main event uh, of Bushi and Shingo Takagi representing Lij taking on Show and Yo, Rapungi 3K of Chaos. In what was a great tag team match? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, this has been the best match of the tournament thus far. Great main event. Uh, really impressed with Shingo, man. You know, I have not seen a lot of him, 
a lot of his work before. This is kind of like my first time really getting, you know, see, you know, full matches of this guy. And yeah, man, he was just great. Dude, just, just impressed with this guy, man. He looked great. Yeah, um, a lot of people are, are, you know, kind of jumping on the Shingo train. Um, Shingo's, Shingo's impressive. Um, I don't think we are seeing the best of him right now, though, to be honest with you. I think that this was good. I like the fact that they have kind of paired him and show up as like an yeah, early Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. So they're like the, both like the power juniors of their teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, from that multi-man match from uh, King of Pro Wrestling, him and show kind of started going at each other. And so... Well, he pinned show. Right. And so they're continuing that story. And show at the beginning of the match, like, wanted Shingo. And was like, wanted, wanted to smoke with Shingo. Well, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not. I can't remember. But, I mean, that's very significant because... Generally speaking, if, if the, their team's going to lose, it's Yo. Most of the time, it's going to take the pinfall. Right. If Show's going to take a pinfall, then it actually means something. And the fact that they had Shingo on his first night in the company go over Yo or go over Show clean, it's kind of that's kind of telling. And then yes, yeah, so they are kind of building up this uh, this feud between these two guys. And yeah, this match was great. Like this was really really good. Um, I will say that like I think that there's still an adjustment period for Shingo right now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he comes from Dragon Gate. I mean, he's been wrestling those the same group of guys for a long time now. That um, and the pace yeah. is a lot quicker than than the style and the pace of New Japan. So I think that there's still an adjustment period. Not to say that these guys can't wrestle fast pace, but just the house style of New, of New Japan Pro Wrestling is very different from um, from what you see in Dragon Gate. And I think that. As time goes on, people are already impressed with Shingo, and I'm like, well, get ready because Shingo is like a top talent in the world. People yeah. like people don't even realize. I mean, the guy looked like a star, man. And you know, one thing yeah. we, we've been talking about on the show for a long time is how well all the Lij combos work together. And I think for the first time of him and Bushi teaming together, yeah, I thought they gelled perfectly. Yeah, um, I, I like him and Bushi. I like Bushi and Shingo better than Bushi and Hiromu. Yeah. So yeah, man, I was really impressed that they were able to gel so quickly together. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if him and Hiromu end up tagging. What that will look like? I'm sure that'd be that'd probably be great. Yeah, I'm sure that'd be great too. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of great near falls in this match. Um, a lot of drama, uh, but it came down to the end. Um, Shingo hitting his gory bomb um, hits the pumpkin bomber on Yo. Um, Yo kicks out of that, and then Shingo fires up. He hits the Last of the Dragon, which is formerly known as the Last Falconry, and pins Yo. Yeah, so I think this was something that we kind of predicted on last week's show. We said, you know, I mean, it makes sense. Like, it would be for them to bring in Shingo and to kind of feature him. I mean, it's pretty great. Like, his second night in the company, they've got him in the main event of a Cork and Hall show, which is kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, if, if they were to bring bring him in like that and then have him lose to Rapunga 3K, it kind of kills the feud. Right. So it makes it makes a lot of sense that they would have him go over in the first match. Now from here, there's they have several different options that they can take the story and they can take the booking of the tournament. Yeah, and you know just establishing. I mean, this was the best match of the tournament, about four and a quarter. Um, and just establish them as a dominant team. And you know Rapunga 3K. I mean. 
they still looked great in the tournament, and you know those guys being the winners last year and former champs who are still are gonna still gonna have a great tournament. I like that uh, Rapongi 3K came in with the oh their gear, their gear. It's yeah. like half Show's gear and half Yo's gear, and that yeah. that's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean uh, the first night, um, you know, was so far the best night of of the uh, the tour because we had that great junior tag or that great. Uh, Young line match in the beginning of the show, plus the great main event, and then um, you know solid action from all the tournament matches all around. Um, night two opened up with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask taking on the CMLL team of Volador Junior and Sobrano Junior. Yeah, you know this was another good matchup here. Um, Volador and Sobrano were almost kind of working as the heels a little bit in this yeah. match over. Um, Tiger and Liger, Voldor specifically, getting kind of aggressive with yeah, they, those guys. Yeah, they opened up. Everybody was, you know, shaking hands. But as things uh, kind of went on, Voldor ended up spitting on, I believe it was Tiger Mask. Yeah. And, yeah, just working kind of aggressively. Uh, one thing that we didn't really make mention of, but I that uh, – I noticed that they got they didn't put up the guardrails. That's right. It was just like best of super juniors, where they had no guardrails because they want these guys to. Uh, and I, I was fly. trying to think, do they do that during uh, Fantastic Mania as well? I think they did. Yeah. I, I I I've never actually noticed that they've ever done that. I didn't even even realize up to this point that they did that best of the super juniors. But yeah, they've they've got no guardrails, I guess, for safety. But um, yeah, I mean, Volador and Soberano doing a lot of flying maneuvers. Uh, good match here. Jushin Liger and Tiger Mask ended up picking up their first ever Junior Tag League victory. Yeah. Tig- in like six appearances. <laughs> Tiger Mask hit the Tiger Suplex on Soberano. Actually, before that, he got hit with a Liger Bomb and a Tiger Driver. I thought that was going to be it. But it took the Tiger Suplex. And uh, Soberano, clearly, he's going to be the fall guy. Yeah. For, for the CMLL team, and like we like we mentioned, Tiger Mass, he's the one that picked up the win here, and this was actually a surprising win because you know, Tiger and Liger, um, like you mentioned, they don't do well in these tournaments, and you know they're kind of the old timers in this thing, so you, you don't expect them to get much wins, and so a lot of people did not have uh, Tiger and Liger beating the CMLL team here. Yeah, I think to speak to that, you're absolutely right. Like, people probably expected them to go on, like, an all-losing sort of streak. But at the same time, if, if New Japan... I think I pointed this out last week where I was like, why would they have Tiger Mask and Liger or any New, New Japan team just con- consistently job to Volador and Soberano? Um, it's not like Sober- like Soberano and Volador are going to go for a tag run or something like that. You know what right. I mean? So, I mean, it, it makes plenty of sense to me to have now if it was Liger and Tiger Mask going over say Bushi and Shingo then you might get like a questionable I might question that but I don't think it's too crazy for them to go over Volador's and Soberano I mean they're from you know they're outside basically um but yeah, I mean, this was a solid match, three and a quarter, good, good stuff all around, and like, you know, congrats to Liger and Tiger Mask to pick up the win here. Yeah. So next up, we had Super Sixty Nine Taguchi and ACH against the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. Um, this was another good back and forth match. You know, three star range. Obviously, you know the backstory, the fact that Taiji Ishimori and ACH used to be a tag team, and kind of the heat between them. You know, off play, they played off that in this match. And um, this match was really, really this. I thought this was pretty int- like entertaining and interesting. Um, to, you know, Super Sixty Nine seemed to have everything you know well in hand until 
um, a die from ACH seemed to go to be like a mishap. And then in the story, he uh, he started selling. They weren't sure if it was the ribs or the leg. Right. But basically, Ishimori and Robbie Eagles went to work on that leg the same way they did with uh, Liger the night before. So that kind of became like their game plan. And they showed like a lot of, um, you know, just just like having a great game plan to kind of like cut one guy off from from the rest of his team and just isolate him essentially. Right. I mean, ACH, he's so great at selling. Yeah. When uh, I was watching, I was like. This man's selling again. <laughs> Dude, he loves selling. He's great. he's great at it. Um, it definitely brings a drama in his match, and he's he's such a great baby face. And they were getting the heat on this man. It was great stuff. And you know, they had Ishimori, his former partner, be the one to get the pinfall on him with the um, the bloody cross. Yeah, and you know what? I I realized earlier in the year I was kind of down on the bloody cross as being a finisher because yeah. there's so many guys that had similar moves like that, like the MX and you know the Code Breaker. But I watched him do it uh, in this match, and I was like, you know what? I was a little, I'm gonna take it back. I was a little critical. <laughs> that move's kind of dope, actually. Um, but yeah, they picked up the win over Taguchi and ACH. Um, are you surprised that ACH is kind of the guy taking the falls and not Taguchi? Yes, I am surprised. I mean, it's, it's again one of those things. But then if you think about it. Taguchi is the full-time New Japan guy, yep. and ACH is not. You know, as a wrestling fan, you, you watch ACH, you see him in all these indie places, um, and you you would see, you would think, you know, yes, he is the better in-ring worker. He has he has more you know memorable matches, so you would think it would be uh, Taguchi picking the pinfalls here. But as far as the contract status, it does make sense to pin ACH and not pin Taguchi. And then. Um yeah, so Ishimori and Robbie Eagles, they pick up another two points. Uh, so that gives them four points and puts them right at the front of Being undefeated. Of the, um, the third the third junior tag league match of the night, uh, Bushi and Shingo Takagi take on uh, Time Machine, Kushida, and Chris Sabin. Yeah, this was a, a, a very good matchup here. Uh, yeah, I would say it was match of the night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, Shingo was just... Killing Chris Sabin in this match, yeah, yeah. with uh, just power moves and uh, strikes. There was like one lariat that he hit on Sabin that you could tell it knocked Sabin loopy. He was like holding his head like on the mat after he got hit. With Bro, it. we haven't even seen Shingo like really lit, like hit people with lariats like he does just yet. Like just wait, man. Like <laughs> this is a guy who like is so like. I mean, just wait till we see, like, him and Ishii, like, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, Sabin and uh, Kushida, once again, several great combos, pulling from More City Machine Gun and Time Splitter stuff. Uh, Shingo and Bushi, once again, working well together also. Um, One thing we didn't even talk about, and I I felt like it was worth mentioning, the first night they brought out uh, Trent, uh, Trent Beretta. On commentary. On commentary. And he was horrible. He was not good. The only memorable thing was he uh, challenged Cody for the U.S. title. Yeah, he came out. And I was very surprised because he's actually pretty good. He's a good talk. He's, he's a good promo. He's entertaining, like, on being the elite and, like, you know. Yeah, like, I, I like his promos and stuff. I felt like he didn't know that he was going to be on commentary. I felt like Rocky just went back there and was like, go out there. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe he's just uncomfortable. I mean, I, I like, I don't know. I've never commentated. I'm sure I wouldn't be great at it either. I'm sure it's a difficult thing to do, especially if you're not used to it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be bringing him back 
or probably not, and I think he probably know, <laughs> probably knows it. Uh, they brought out Chuck E. T. the next night, and it was exponentially better. Exponentially yeah. better, yeah. So that was pretty funny. Um, I don't know if we'll talk about it in the news, but yeah, I mean, Trump Beretta challenging Cody for the U.S. title. <laughs> I think if 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 I was brought if I was a wrestler and I was brought in to commentate, that's exactly what I would do. I'd be challenge like, somebody. Okada. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hey Kenny, you listening back there? <laughs> oh, I challenge you. But uh yeah, so uh Bushi and Shingo Takagi pick up the win over uh Kushida and Chris Sabin in a good 16 minute 45 second match. Yeah, Shingo uh hits the uh, last of the dragon on Sabin after he killed him with that pumpkin bomber, the pumping bomber. And that puts LIJ up 2 and 0. And what they're doing really great with Shingo is letting the crowd Get to know what his like signature moves are. Right, especially it, that that gory bomb. Like they tease yep. that several times throughout the match. He finally hits it. The pumping bomber he hits, and then obviously the the last of the dragon. And that's what this tournament is really about. And why it's a good opportunity is because if they're gonna make a star out of this guy, then when they win, he's gonna be the guy picking up the wins. When they lose, it's gonna be Bushi taking the falls, and they're gonna show him to be a dominant force in this division, and so that is, it is almost like a propaganda tool for Shingo, in a sense. Yeah. Like, or at least that's what I'm seeing so far. Right, it's, you know, it's what you should be doing when you have a new guy. Yeah. You want the crowd to learn his signature moves, to learn him, and they gotta do it in every city, so do it across this whole tour, it's gonna be great for him. And then in the main event, we have Rapongi 3K taking on um, LIJ. And as soon as the match starts, instead of them uh, jumping Rapongi 3K, they jumped Rocky Romero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. But then they, they went on to jump Rapungi, their Rapongi 3K. Um, surprise, surprise, you know, Suzuki Gun jumping people before the bell. Um, and, you know, just kind of a back and forth. Fight. Pretty much, you know, Rapungi 3K had to fight from underneath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of backstory between this match. You know, um, Katamaro and Desperado took the belts from Sho and Yo, and they've been struggling all year trying to get the belts back from these guys and just have not been able to beat them lately. And so the whole match, it was just them working from behind, trying so hard to beat these guys. Yeah, so, I mean, this was something that you had alluded to, the idea that even if Sho and Yo don't win the tournament, if they can get a uh, a pinfall victory over LIJ... You mean the Suzuki-kun? Or Suzuki-kun, my bad. Yeah. That would essentially establish uh, a future title shot for them. So, the other thing, too, is after losing to um, LIJ the previous night, you know, they kind of needed a rebound because in this tournament, there's only seven matches right you, you can't take a lot of right you lose too many and you're done you lose three and there's a good chance that you're done at that right. point so yeah. i mean if they had lost this match to uh suzuki Yun, i mean that would put them in, in a very close proximity to to being out of the tournament and many people have shown yo winning the whole thing so um th- this is kind of a do or die situation even though it's so early on they had to pick up the win over suzuki Yun. And that's exactly what they ended up doing here. You know, Kinemaru looking for deep impact on Yo, but Yo kicked out at two. Uh, yeah, that was pretty big because, you know, Kanemaru, when he hits that deep impact, that's usually a wrap. So him, Yo kicking out, that was a big moment and a nice near fall there. Yeah, the the uh, champions ended up double-teaming show. Yo ran in um, and got the cradle for the, for the pinfall win at the end of the match there. So uh, kind of an upset victory at 13 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I didn't think this match was very good. And yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a Rapongi 3K uh, Suzuki Goon match that I thought was very good. 
I think most of their matches, I I haven't really enjoyed almost all year. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not hoping for a future title match strictly between them. I know in most cases I would say yes, like give me a straight one on one tag match. But I think I've seen these guys wrestle what four times, four times this, this year. year. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really. I think the one I liked the most was the first one where Suzuki Goon cheated and used the chair to win. Because at least, but I thought that that was going to be like the low point. <laughs> it ended up being the high point. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I'm like, yeah, just give me a multi-man match and put the titles back on Rapongi 3K because I'm. I don't want to see this match again. I'm. I'm done with. I don't like Suzuki, this Suzuki Gun tag team. Yeah, man. It's like, I get it. You guys are heels, but all the jumping, chair shots, eye gouging, ref pulling. I mean, the first night, freaking pulling the ref out the ring, shouldn't that have been a disqualification? I mean, if we if we get onto that subject <laughs> with New Japan and start talking about what should or shouldn't happen as far as, like, ref calls, we'll, it'll this whole thing will default. Um, at that point, I'll be like, I'm just going to start watching MMA. Like... <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, so, uh, but good job for showing, yo. They pick up two points. Um, I thought that this was literally the weakest match of the night, though, in yeah. all honesty. I I really was down on it, and it mostly had to do with Suzuki Gun, so. Yeah, and uh, something we failed to mention on the first night when um, Shingo and Bushi got the win oh, in yeah, the yeah, event, yeah. Uh, the rest of LIJ came out Naito, Sonata, surprise. Evil, with also that Hiromu's jacket. They're all dressed in their suits. And they all came out and did the the uh, Lij fist bump. Crowd popped big. Yeah, that, every, that every crowd was really, that. really, really into that. So that was yeah. pretty cool. So then, moving on to night three, October nineteenth. This is a uh, video on demand. Yeah, video on demand. Um, single cam show. Well, there's uh, there were a couple different cameras, but it wasn't the full camera production that you normally get. And only the two matches, so we didn't see the undercard. So the first tournament match they had was Tiger Mask and Jushin Thunder Liger taking on the team of Shingo and Bushi. And uh, Naito, once again, came out here in the white suit accompanying uh, Shingo and Bushi to the ring. And, you know, with Naito showing up in the suit and managing these guys, I'm like, oh, Shingo and Bushi, they got this match. They're going to, you know, win this thing. Uh, But... That was not the case. This, this, this night three was like the bracket buster for everybody. Yeah. Most people that entered our contest either got both matches wrong or one match right. But majority of them didn't get either match correctly. Huh. But um, Tiger Mask and Liger here, they pick up the upset win. Uh, Tiger Mask cradling Bushi to get the win. Yeah. So this is exactly what I was alluding to when we were reviewing night two where I'm like... Why did Tiger Mask and Liger beat this team? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, the legends get an upset victory and it's on Bushi, whatever. But I did think it was very surprising. And I thought it was a questionable booking decision in all honesty. Yeah. But overall, you know, it's like three, three and a quarter match. Um, good good match up here. But, uh, but one thing I got to mention, though, I... The no commentary is kind of throwing me off. I know we, we've kind of we experienced that with like World Tag League and some other house shows before, but man, I really miss having some commentary over these things, even if it's just Japanese commentary. It'll be all right. 
<laughs> yeah, first world props. In the uh, main event of the night, we had Super 69, ACH, and uh, Taguchi taking on uh, the Suzuki Gun team of Desperado and Kanemaru. Um, up to this point, Super 69 has, uh, what, zero points? Yep, they've lost two matches. So they're kind of, a, they're definitely in a do or die situation. They have to beat Suzuki Gun, otherwise, they are out of the tournament. Yeah, and. Um Surprise, surprise, Despian and Kanemaru uh, jump-zoned Taguchi and um, ACH during the entrances. Um, they get in the ring, and they're using the rugby ball to attack Taguchi's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love when suzuki Goon and... Uh, they, wor- they work over... I love when they work over Taguchi's butt. Like, it's, just, it's, so, it's so good, like... Body part match. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, it was pretty much, you know, ACH and Taguchi pretty much having to come back from behind and, you know, deal with Despi and Kanamaru cheating. Um, and then eventually it came down to the end where Kanamaru accidentally missed Desperado. Um, and ACH takes Despi out to the floor, and Taguchi hits the Dodon, but he has a, a low-blow version of it, and then cradles Kanemaru for the win. So Super 69 out-cheats um, Suzuki-Goon. They get the win. They beat the champion. So one would think that Super 69 was in line for a future tag title shot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the faces, they foiled the heel shenanigans, man. Yep, and then on night four... And this is the last night that has occurred. We start off with a uh, matchup between Time Machine, Kushida, and Chris Sabin taking on Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. Um, what did you think of this? You know, honestly, I expected this match to be much better than it was. I thought this was going to be a banger. I thought it was, too. I mean, the Time Machine team, I've been saying, you know, I've been really feeling that team. You know, Voldor is really good. And Sorano, he, he's not the, the best luchador, but he's good. Um, I like Sobrano. I, I've been I've watched him for a while, and I think he's right. really good. I mean, to me, I mean, I, he did better in the, the Fantastic Mania tour. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really been able really highlighted in these matches. And I don't know what it was with this match. I mean. Like timing issues. Yeah. It was kind of slow at the beginning. Um and, you know, once again, you know, this is a very small house show. So maybe they weren't going all out for this for this crowd, for this show here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there were a few good things. Like Soberano, one of his signature spots is a Fosbury flop. Uh, always pop for that move, no matter who does it. Well, like the half and half to the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Space flying tiger. Tiger drop, yeah. Um, and... Kushida and Saban ended up picking the win here and getting on the board and CMLL team taking their second loss. And then in the main event, we had Rapongi 3K taking on the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. Um, another match where I was very excited about this match. And if you had asked me, I would have actually probably earmarked this to be the match of the tournament. Yeah, um, I was I was actually surprised that this match was one on one of the house shows and not one of the full produced shows we have coming up later this week. But yeah, I mean, I thought that this was pretty average to be honest with you. I mean, it was it wasn't terrible. Um, it was fine. Uh, Robbie Eagles and Taiji Ishimori looked good. I mean, Shonen Yo looked good, but right. it wasn't like they were having a good match with each other. It seemed like right. Well, this match did have a little bit more urgency than the uh, the previous matchup. 
Um, and once again, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, three-star range with the these four towns, you would expect it to be four or higher. But I just, yeah, with this specific, t- like, matchup, I thought that this was going to be something very memorable in it. I mean, you know, Robbie Eagles and Taiji Shimori just started teaming together. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really fault them too much. But, I, yeah, I was really looking forward to this. And I, I was kind of let down, honestly. I had, I had higher expectations for what it was. Yeah, but um, Sho and Yo end up picking the win. They hit the 3K on Robbie Eagles. So that puts them up 2-1, and one, and they gave Bullet Club their first loss. So now we have a kind of a log jam. Uh, for first place with Rapungi 3K, Bullet Club, Tiger and Liger and LIJ all have two and one with four points. And then um, Logjam for last place as well with um, Suzuki Goon, Time Machine, the CMLL team and Super 69 all one and two, two points. Well, Sho and Yo have six points now, right? No. No? No. They have... Um, Two, they have four points. Okay. Because they they lost to to Lij, they beat Suzuki Goon, and they beat. Oh, you know what? I'm looking ahead. Oh, spoiler alert! Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there's a show that happened tonight that will be on New Japan World tomorrow. Yeah, the video on demand is not on online yet. So, yeah. um, yeah. Looks like looks like Rapunga 3K is busting out for that little log jam, but uh, yeah. So we got a lot of teams that are uh, matched up pretty evenly right now. So um, let's talk about you know where we see the rest of this tournament going. Let's talk about where these guys are at and you know what the rest of the tournament is kind of looking like. So you know, let's start with Bushi and Shingo. So Bushi and Shingo, I mean. I expect that team to not eat any more losses really going forward in this tournament. Maybe one more loss, but I expect them to remain dominant to continue the push of Shingo and just showing how dominant he is and pushing him as a star. Um, I really think this LIJ team is going to make it to the finals. Well, they essentially have four more matches left here, and each team has wrestled three three matches. There's going to be seven matches each, so they still have ACH and Super 69 ahead of them. They've got the Bullet Club team. They have uh, Suzuki Goon and then the CMLL team. Um, the one team that's in there that that I see being like problematic for them as far as like this the final standings is Suzuki Goon. Yeah. So I'm wondering what's going to happen, but with them, you know, going up against these other four teams, you know, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I want to surprised if they just, they beat all those teams, maybe just lose to like Suzuki Goon. So you, so because they've already taken, possibly, but I mean, if you were going to do that, if you were just going to have them, um, so you think they're going to lose to those three teams and then lose to Suzuki Goon, and basically finish with like, uh, what? I think ten they, points. Yeah, I mean, they might eat one. I don't know. It's so hard. I mean, with this is such a small tournament, and I think they're going to be a dominant team. I, I don't know. I can't see them have three losses. I don't know. Well, let's talk about Sho and Yo, and maybe that will give us a, a little bit clearer idea. So they the only team that they've lost to is Bushi and Tagagi, the team that we just talked about from LIJ. They still have um, mat- matchups against Kushida and Sabin, Super 69, uh, the CMLL team of Volador and Soberano, and then they also have uh, Liger and Tiger Mask ahead of them. 
Right. And I mean, I think those teams for them are all beatable. I believe they had their toughest challenges at the beginning. I mean, they have already fought the three of the better teams in the tournament thus far and the three teams that can give them trouble. So I, I could see Rapungi 3K running it from here. I mean, maybe they, they hit one upset loss going in, but they're another team that... I have a hard time seeing them losing much more in a tournament, too. Yeah, because you have several of these teams that are pretty close right now with two wins apiece. So you kind of have to draw some distance between them. You can't do too much parity booking in this tournament. Otherwise, you'll wind up with, with like a crazy tie, and then you have to figure out a tiebreaker. So someone has to kind of break apart at this probably in the next uh, few nights. Um, so yeah, I would say Bushi. I would only see Bushi and Takagi, as well as Sho and Yo, maybe taking one more loss the rest of the tournament. Right. Yeah, I, I can see both of those guys. Yeah, tying at you know ten points to get into the finals. Now here's the thing: Kanemaru and Desperado already hold hold a win over Sho and Yo, and hypothetically, if they beat Bushi and Takagi, they would hold the tiebreaker over both of those teams provided they ended up with the same amount of points so they would need to basically wind up with nine points or less to not wind up in the finals right yeah and i think the sukagoon team they're kind of in trouble right now being down they already have two losses losses. and they're the champion so not only do they will not win the tournament they potentially have a bunch of challengers Mm -hmm. waiting for them uh, post power struggle so you would think that they would need I mean I don't know we we kind of theorized about the same thing with Jay White in the G1 and he didn't wind up <laughs> defending against any of them same thing with uh, same thing with uh, Goto yeah same thing with Kenny I mean to a certain extent he didn't he only defended against one of his uh, you know uh, conquerors during the G1 you um, mean uh, you meant Juice Robinson not Jay White right yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Juice Robinson. Yeah. Who was the U.S. champion during... Juice Robinson. Juice was... I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, you know what I was about to ask was the Intercontinental, but it was Jericho. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, we saw three instances during the tournament where there was three champions. They all lost to people, and they didn't end up defending against all their challengers. Right. So, yeah. I, I do think that the scenario that we kind of set out at the beginning of last week where... Uh, Suzuki Goon ends up in a multi-man match at Wrestle Kingdom is probably what's going to happen. Right. I could definitely see it end up being Suzuki Goon, Rapungi 3K, and LIJ. But at this point, um, Suzuki Goon still has the LIJ team. They still have Tiger and Liger. They have the CMLL team, and then they've got the Bullet Club team. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to win all those matches and get upset on the last night by Tiger Mask and Liger. Mm. They get some uh, get some revenge on those guys. I think that's I think that's what you need to do. So I think that they're going to end up beating all these teams. I also think that um, with Ishimori and Eagles, the fact that they've already lost to Sho and Yo, I think that they eat one more loss to Kanemaru and Desperado. Mm-hmm. And then at that point if they end up with a similar uh, number of points to Rapongi 3K, they kind of lose the, the tiebreaker. Tie yeah. The only way that the only way that they could wind up in a situation where it's convoluted is if they beat the LIJ team. Yeah. Um, and wind up, and then they all have a three-way tie, and then it's it, it would go down to the tiebreaker. Yeah. 
Although, I mean, who knows? What if they end up doing a triple threat? I don't know. At Power Struggle. Oh, for the finals? They could. Hmm. I didn't think about that. I mean, I don't know if that's something that they would do, but right. they could hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably... I think Ishimori and Eagles will probably take a loss to Kanemaru and Desperado and a loss to uh, to the LIJ team and beat everybody else at this point. Right. Most likely. And then, I mean... I think at the, I think with all that being said, I mean, I think it's kind of playing out the way that we saw envisioned it. I don't see I mean, the CMLL team has already taken two losses. Taguchi Japan's already taken two losses. Uh Kushida and Saban have already taken two losses. So I mean, all three of those teams are like right on their way out essentially right now. Right. And honestly, I I don't see the CMLL team getting a lot getting many more wins in this tournament. Uh Super 69, I could see them making a comeback since they are former champions and have been in the finals of the tournament. Yeah. Um, Time Machine, uh, it's going to be kind of up in the air for them. You know, who Liger and Tiger Mask have got four points right now. That's very surprising. Yeah. You know, you would think they would be one of the one and two teams or just O and three. But but they still have Sho and Yo, and they still have Kanemaru and Desperado. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of playing out the way that we thought it would be. Uh, at this point, I mean, the three teams that, that are in the lead, essentially Bushi and, you know, LIJ, Suzuki Goon, and Rapongi 3K with, uh, you know, Bullet Club and Tiger and Liger playing, like, the outside guys right outside of that, that trio, essentially. Yeah. Um, what have your thoughts been on the tournament overall? You know, overall, it's it's just been fine. I mean, the best match of the tournament, like we mentioned, was the first night. That was the only match that's gotten in four-star range. Everything else has been in three-star range. And, you know, a lot of these guys are super talented, and you you would expect, you'd be hoping for a little bit better. You know, hoping for, like, a tag version of Bessel Super Juniors. And we haven't gotten that. No. Now at the same time, not to be too negative, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they're good. They're good matches. Nothing has been below three stars. Nothing has been horrible. I mean, they're all watchable matches. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, um, well, you know something, Jeremy. <laughs> um, you know, people complain about like, let's say, Fantastic Mania time, right? You yeah. Know, they say it's like one of the worst times of the year, but I would take that any day over this. Um, and I don't want to be too down on this, but it does. I mean, like in years past, because of the fact that it was a single elimination tournament, we've actually gotten better matches out of this tournament than we're currently getting, given the fact that it's a block tournament and block yeah. tournaments are grueling and you're on a tour and, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there there's several different ways you can look at it. I mean, there's the fact that the juniors are getting an opportunity to headline shows. Yeah, be the main event of these be shows. Be the main event of yeah. these shows and, you know, get showcased, which is excellent. I mean, you know, what other company is out there doing that? Um, so that's great. On the flip side of things, these matches not, are not really blow away. If you want my honest opinion, if I wasn't um, trying to cover, you know, for for this podcast, this these shows would be the kind of, like, New Japan shows that you just put on in the background while you're like doing chores or you know doing something else and it just kind of is background noise that's you know obviously there's a tournament going on 
and there is a sense of urgency and importance, but these guys almost aren't even wrestling like that is the case. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I would expect, you know, more four-star range matches, but... You, you would just... You would think that based on the talent level that we have in this tournament, we've never had a junior tag league that was this stacked. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean... On the one hand, I'm not invested in this because it is the the junior tag league and it is the junior tag titles and it's been a devalued title ever since you know the young bucks left the division. I mean, this is a very different um, division than when we had Red Dragon and the Young Bucks and the Time Splitters and Rapungi uh, Vice. Vice and yeah. all these different teams. It's it's not the same. And over the past year. We've essentially only had three teams. We've had Liger and Tiger and Rapongi 3K and Suzuki Goon. Yeah. And they've taught us pretty much all year. They've conditioned us to think that these titles were not that important. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's two ways. I mean, there's the, there's the aspect where you can look at this tournament and say, oh, well, th- these titles don't matter, so why would I care about this tournament? Or you could say, oh, they're finally trying to put some you know some shine on the titles and give them a spotlight Mm -hmm. and this is a good thing and it's a good way for them to bring up the uh the division um but it just i guess what it really what what bums me out the most is just that the matches are not that good they're not bad though that's the thing like nothing in this entire tournament has been bad and that's where that's kind of like it's just it's a bunch of three-star tag matches. Right. It's yeah. it's these are road two shows. We're watching the type of tag matches they have on house shows. These are house show matches being masqueraded as an important uh, <laughs> tournament. An important <laughs> tournament when it's really just house show tag matches. Yeah. There's nothing bad about it, but there's nothing spectacular about it either. They just happen to bring in Chris Sabin and Volador and Robbie Eagles and, you know... ACH. And ACH, and they've got Shingo. <laughs> like, but one, I'm, once this tournament's over, it's like the division's going to go back to exactly what it was. So how, how great is this? The, the one shining light out of all of this is Shingo. Yeah, the LIJ team, yeah. It's not even... It's Shingo. <laughs> like, this is the Shingo show. And aside from that, the rest of it is kind of inconsequential. I mean, uh, Rapongi 3K is great, but they're not even having Rapongi 3K level matches during this tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my take on it. Like, nothing nothing great... Like, nothing bad, but, I mean, nothing great. Um, I want to see Sho and Yo and, and you know, uh, LIJ run it back. I'm excited for that, but the, everything else... I mean, a lot of the matches that I was excited for have already happened, and they they were nothing. So yeah. I don't know how much more excited I can get for, you know, Time Machine versus Liger and Tiger or um, Tiger and Liger versus Goon. Yeah, like how much more excited can I get for this tournament? I mean, Ishimori and Eagles, even though they like have looked good, they haven't had any great matches. Yeah. So this just feels like I mean really it's like I can't wait for Power Struggle and then I'm like good God the tag league's coming up. <laughs> I'm more right now I'm more excited for like the Young Lions shows in November than than like any than most other things that are coming up for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, um, how are our fans doing as far as the predictions go and the prediction contest? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the, a lot of fans, I mean, we, we do kind of have a, a log jam in the middle of uh, people. A lot of people have similar predictions, but uh, up top so far, based off of all the shows that 
are up. We have one person who pretty much almost had a perfect bracket. They've only missed one match so far. Wow. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, if they keep on the way they're going, then they could p- potentially, uh, you, you know. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. His name is the young boy, Joshua Smith. <laughs> it's, uh, I have emails, so I don't have names. It's, uh, well, I won't say the email out on the air. Yeah, don't he, say it. Yeah, they'll get, uh, they'll get hate mail. Yeah, I don't want them getting spam, but yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they've only missed one matchup, and so they're in the lead right now, so. But we've got a couple people trailing right behind them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a close race right now. So, great. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the World Tag League, or I'm sorry, Junior Tag League? You know, you don't have to go out of your way to watch it if you don't want to, but at the end of the day, I mean, there are good matches. If you're a New Japan fan and fan of these guys, I, I would say go ahead and watch it. I think the what the last they're going to be back in Corkin the last night. Uh, we have some, I think so, but there are some there are some live shows. I believe uh, Thursday and Friday. Okay, so those will probably be better, um, and I'm sure that or Friday and Saturday. I'm sure like that. that some of these matchups that I'm kind of complaining about, they are just road to shows. Once we get to the end of the tournament, we'll probably get some better performances. So you know, don't don't give up all hope just yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm hoping when we get to those those live shows at the end of this week um, that they'll be better. Um, so yeah, I'm pulling up the schedule right now. So yeah, on Friday there'll be a live show at Corrigan Hall, as well as Saturday, a live show in Corrigan Hall, and then uh, Sunday and Monday will be video on demand. And Wednesday, um, Halloween will also be video on demand, and then um, the last Road Two show will be uh, Thursday, November first. That'll be live. And then November third rolls into Power Struggle. Yeah, so hopefully those Corkin shows will be good, and then we have that last night, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right, let's jump into the news. Great. So we're going to get right to it. So um, if you haven't heard, we talked about it at the top of the show, but um, j- a new recently added uh, match to the Power Struggle card, the recently crowned undisputed British heavyweight champion, uh Tomohiro Ishii will be defending his Rev Pro title against Minoru Suzuki at Power Struggle, which is expected to be a banger. Yeah, dude. It's basically got to be the match of the night. So those guys have had three matches or two other matches this year. They wrestled at the uh, Strong Style Evolved UK shows. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Ishii dropped the title to Suzuki. And then um, he just recently won the title back from Suzuki and Rev Pro at the Global War show. So this will be the first match between them one-on-one this year in Japan in New Japan proper, so I'm very much so looking, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Very excited for that match, and that should be great. Um, the Wrestle Kingdom 13 tickets for overseas fans through Lawson are going on sale on October 25th. So this show's gonna uh, drop on the 24th. Uh, 23rd. 23rd. So you'll have two days. If you are wanting to pick up those tickets, they're going to go on sale soon. And I can guarantee you, just like they do every year, for overseas fans, they will sell out quickly. So if you want to you know see the ace take ace versus omega <laughs> and you definitely want to get those tickets um 
if you haven't noticed, Will Ospreay is off the road to uh, Power Struggle uh, shows. Uh, we still don't know his status for Power Struggle. Right. I know I saw him tweet out uh, during the week. He was like, you know, it's been a few days and I'm still not feeling any better. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be healed in time to wrestle at uh, Power Struggle. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. When I was collecting the news for this week, I saw that Cody was supposed to wrestle Will Ospreay uh, in a new promotion called Fight Forever, I I think in Edinburgh on December 6th. And then they canceled that booking and they replaced uh, Ospreay with El Fantasmo due due to uh, Osprey's um, injury. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe they're just going to, he's going to power through, do the power struggle show because they, he, you know, he can't leave them in that spot. But then that probably means he's not going to win the belt. I was assuming, or possibly, at least that's what I was inferring. And I was like, he's probably going to need to take time off. He's probably injured. But then earlier today, OTT announced that on November 10th, Osprey's returning and he'll be wrestling in the main event. Uh, him and Jordan Devlin taking on ring comp. So it's like that's a whole month before that December show. Yeah. So who know? I don't. Who knows what the stat like? Is Osprey working some of these promotions? <laughs> or or maybe Osprey was doing what he did like WrestleMania weekend, saying he was going to fulfill his dates, but then maybe he like maybe he's not healing the way he thought he was, and maybe it's still up in the air. So yeah. we really don't know his status right now. I guess now. that's that's a tag match is a little bit easier to hide him in the, in the tag match. Maybe, I yeah. mean, or they might have to pull him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what do you think they should do if he winds up not being, you know, able to challenge for the title against Taichi? Do you just scrap it or do you replace him? I think you replace him. The, the only thing that sucks is, you know, we're, we're getting very hyped for Osprey versus Abushi for the Never title. And you can't put Abushi versus Taichi because, you know, Golden Lovers are already in a match that night. Um, so, you know, we were talking about this before we recorded, you know, who could they possibly uh, put in to face Tai Chi? And, you know, one guy that came up was, uh, you know, Big Mike, Michael Elgin. That's one option. He's the guy that's been in the Never Picture pretty much all year. And he's kind of been missing in action pretty much, you know, the last few months, really. Um, hasn't really done anything big or been in anything, really. I thought about him just because he was in that triple threat with Goto and, and uh, Tai Chi. Tai Chi, and they never kind of paid off the, the, the whole thing with uh, Elgin and Tai Chi, so that's one way you could bring in uh, Jeff Cobb potentially. I don't think you could continue to do a junior moving up. Like the only guy that will be available really that's not in this tag league is like maybe Marty Skrull, and that kind of wouldn't make sense. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, maybe have Kushida challenge. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. mean, that would that see maybe go to. You know, gets a, a rematch. Yeah, it's a tough, tough call. But uh, we'll keep you posted. We'll figure out what's going on with Will Osprey. Hopefully, he gets healthy and hopefully he can compete. Um, as we talked about earlier, Trent Beretta challenged Cody for the U.S. title um, on the first night of Road to Power Struggle. Uh, Cody actually put up a, a poll on Twitter. Did you see that? Yeah, asking whether he thinks Trent uh, should deserve the title shot. Yeah, and he said yes, no, and then he put up a third option, which was who. <laughs> um, and it was kind of funny because Tam actually responded to this, and he essentially was offended that he said who, and he was like, of course he does. This guy's been here, you know, day one. He's, like, worked every single day. He's like, did you d- d- uh, deserve, deserve that U.S. house shot? Yeah. And he was like, the answer is no. Yeah. Because Basically just saying, like, you're not even part of the roster, essentially. Yeah, company man, Tama. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, Tam is supposed to be this big heel, but, like, he's definitely towing the company line with all his tweets. Like, yeah. maybe he's, like, found, like, maybe that's his gimmick. Like, he, uh... It's like he's like the anti Brian Pillman. <laughs> like he plays like a like a, a like a uh, heel loose, on. like a, a loose cannon heel, but like in real life he's a baby face. But the way he's working us is like by baby facing and like being like a company man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Robbie Eagles, we talked about you know how his tournament is going. Uh, they just posted a recent interview on NJPW 1972, talking about you know his experience getting brought over to new japan and you know his time over in uh, australia so if you get a chance definitely want to check that out um another person who had a interview go up this past week rocky romero was interviewed by uprocks so if you get a chance rocky is always a great interview so you definitely want to check that out as well did you see why 2j's promo on evil I have not. I saw the video pop up, but I have not got a chance to watch it oh, yet. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Basically, like, he just buries evil and talks about, like, all the guys that he's wrestled, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> The Undertaker, <laughs> and, like, you know, this is this is the biggest match of evil's career, but it's nothing for Chris Jericho, essentially. So Dang. it's pretty great. Nice. Good hype for this match that's coming up, so you definitely want to check it out. Um, this past week, um, there was issues where New Japan started banning... Um, gift makers like uh, Mr. Lariato. Mr. Lariato and different people like that and uh, was serving people notices DCMA um, violations and then cease and desist yeah cease and desist and then um, Showbuckle who we've praised and talked about and he had actually moved his entire channel from uh, YouTube, YouTube to Vimeo yeah. um, they actually served him a DCMA uh, notice as well and he had to like make his entire page private yeah, dude, it's crazy. I don't get why all of a sudden New, New Japan is trying to, like, like go after people like this. Like, Bro, it's very simple. It's Harold. <laughs> I know, but, dude, he doesn't understand. Like, dude, gifts, like... It's Michael Craven. <laughs> gifts are a great way for people to share highlights from matches and highlights from shows. Like, everybody uses gifts. They're so easy, so shareable, like... They're not ripping the whole show and putting it for free on Twitter. Like, I don't get what's the problem with gifts. And, you know, Showbuckle, they should be hiring this guy. Yeah. He should be creating content for their YouTube channel. Yeah, well, the stuff he creates is just incredible. It's, his, I'm sorry, but his work, I love Showbuckle's videos way better than any of the stuff they've done on the New Japan YouTube. Oh, I think it's the best content for, like, on the internet as far yeah. as, like, Recapping wrestling stories like nobody else is doing it as good as him. Nobody. Yeah. For I mean, any company. Yeah. Like even the WWE machine doesn't like put together content on their channel that's you know as good as what Showbuckle does. So yeah. Yeah, dude. If I was, yeah, Harold should be calling this man up and being like, "Will you please run our channel?" Well, I did see that uh, Voices of Wrestling's Twitter account said that. Um, that New Japan has been made aware of, you know, the complaints uh, about their policy and that they're uh, reviewing it and that they are expected to make a, uh, a public statement regarding this in the next couple days. So, and that was just a few hours ago when they posted that. So, um, it's not falling on deaf ears and hopefully they do the right thing and kind of like, you know, I'm not saying that obviously like it's your intellectual property you you own the copyright so you can do whatever you want but you know you don't want to push away your fan base especially when you're trying to reach out to so many people that are you know what i mean right so i mean uh hopefully we can find a a common 
ground here to where it's not like, you know, taboo to share a gif. Like, that's yeah. stupid. Um, also, this past week, um, did you see that Harold Mai was dressed up like Piccolo? Yes, I did. <laughs> what What the heck is going on? <laughs> I don't know, man. That man loves him some special beam cannon, I guess. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they put uh, New Japan put up the tweet, and then I guess it got taken down real quick. So I don't know if they thought like second thoughts on that. Yeah, like what what are our sponsors? It was up on Reddit for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's still <laughs> on Reddit. Yeah, um, yeah, it was very interesting. I yeah. mean, if I'm the president of New Japan, and I think to myself, like how am I how am I gonna flex at this Cork and Hall show? I'm gonna dress up like Piccolo. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Uh, they'll never see it coming. Like, I was just thinking about those memes, like, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> um, Jay White was recently, uh, when he was uh, doing the post-match interviews, he said that he has a spy working for him in chaos at this current time. Uh, what do you what do you think about that, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who it could really be. It's Yano! <laughs> uh, you know, you know there, it, maybe it's Beretta, since he defended Beretta. Possibly. And wants Beretta to get a title shot. Who knows? I mean, could it be Rocky, the ultimate swerve? They're they're causing all this issue, all these issues. Rocky's talking all this mess, and then Rocky swerves on uh, Rapongi 3K and everything. I'm sure Rocky would love to get a Bull Club uh, check with that T-shirt. <laughs> get get a uh, Rocky Club version and get get some pay on that. I it could be a red herring. We don't know. Yeah, but yeah. He, he could just be just working us and you know talking crap. But apparently there's a spy in chaos, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, Kenny Omega's birthday passed this last week. For his birthday, he got a swift punch in the face from uh, Don Callis. <laughs> And uh, great sell job to Don. It was awesome. Made that man look a million bucks. In uh, February 2019, uh, big news. Rest, there's going to be a combined show between NOAA, All Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, Wrestle One, and Zero One. Is that I correct? Think so, yeah. Yeah. So these five companies are going to be doing a combined show called Wrestling All Star Battle. Um, it's been a while since a combined show like this has taken place. I mean, we've seen lots of co-promotions throughout the years. The last time, um, you know, multiple companies came together like this was the All Together shows after the tsunami um, a couple years back when NOAA, All Japan, and New Japan combined. Um, so this is kind of a homage to that. Um, you know, back in the 70s. Um, they did a all-star show like this. Uh, Tokyo Sport. Usually Tokyo Sport is the one that um, sponsors this sort of thing. And I believe they're sponsoring this as well. And that show in the 70s saw the final tag match uh, where Baba and Ricky Dozen. Or I'm sorry. Baba and Inoki tagged together. They took on um, Abdullah the Butcher and Tiger Jeet Singh, I believe. Ali Jeet Singh. I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah. Um, did big business at the time. I don't know who's going to be airing this. Um, I'm assuming it's just going to be a lot of multi-man matches. Yeah. But to see, like, the stars of Noah and the stars of All Japan. Who goes over? Who's who's booking this thing? We're, we're gonna see. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited, dude. Yeah. See some Nakajima, see some Kino, see some uh, Zeus, the bodyguard, you know, Kento Miyahara. Like, yes, I'm all about this. I love co-promotion. They need to have an ace team. <laughs> where they put like they need to put like uh, well I don't follow the companies Kento Miyahara Tanahashi and 
I don't know who the ace is over in Noah. I know I know they were pushing for Nakajima. I don't know who it is right now. It's I know it's not Nakajima. I don't know. Segura? I don't know. But yeah, they got a lot of good talent uh, in these different companies. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be good stuff. So we'll see. Um, good friend over at uh, our good friend Wilfred over at the Wilfred Watches podcast. He had an interview with Hinare this past week. Um, I got a chance to check that out today. It's pretty interesting. So if you get a chance, check that out. If you want to learn more about, um, you know, Tohinara's journey, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the free match of the week is uh, the Legion of Doom taking on uh, Masahiro Chono and uh, Kiji Muto from uh, July of 1990. That's actually a match I've never seen. So probably want to check that out. They're, they're offering it in both English and Japanese. Oh, who's doing the English commentary on that? It's uh, it's a Donka. It's a, um, It's Kevin Kelly, Kelly and uh, Mark. Uh, Where's Ashka? Yeah. Yeah, and I I started to watch one of those matches with the English commentary. I got to tell you, I didn't like it. Is it weird? Yeah, it's it is actual full commentary throughout the whole match, <laughs> which I got to say I think is a it's a big misstep. Um and the reason why is the audio. It's it's um it's a, it's off. Yeah. Well, you can tell obviously you can tell but I mean it's like, Well, the thing is you can't take away the Japanese commentary. Uh, so how, like how are you gonna? It's it's an old embedded video. How are you uh, gonna get rid of that commentary? Right, so they're commentating over that. They have to. So basically, they're bringing the audio way down, uh, and then so it's really hard for them to produce something that's like authentic and great. Um, where like the crowds are so low and the match is so low, yeah. and it's kind of like them just talking. The other thing too is like Kevin Kelly is great, but. And and Mark's fine, but like them talking about something that they still are learning about. I mean, they definitely did their homework, but it's it's not like it's not like listening to them, you know, cover today's product. Right. I would have much rather preferred that they did what they had talked about doing, like where they gave backstory and then allowed the match to play out. It'd feel more organic because then you could just experience the match. And if they wanted to cut in in the middle of the match and and give you an update on what what something was. That'd be cool, but it's full commentary, and I didn't. I don't think it's. I would. I would say if you're watching, and you like, you might as well. Just, you just watch in Japanese. Japanese yeah, yeah. Um, I also saw that. Um, I I don't know if you're familiar with Spoiler Free Wrestling. Have you ever seen their page? No, I haven't. I haven't either. But I saw that they are posting a weekly New Japan uh, news report. Um, in written form and it's actually really good I checked it out this week um, so we want to give a plug out to that spoiler free wrestling their weekly New Japan report maybe we need to steal that gimmick I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah check them out if you want to uh, have something written out that you can see every week um, we talked earlier at the uh, top of the show Don Kaus has been talking about basically the fact that he hasn't been called back by New Japan ever since he missed those G1 dates. Yeah. So. I know Jericho tweeted out saying he thinks it's a big mistake that they're not using Don Callis. Yep. And then um, the Fantastica Mania Tour dates were are going to run this uh, year from January 11th to January 21st. And then um, the three big shows will take place on the 18th, the 20th, and the 21st in Corkin. So we don't have any uh, announced talent yet or anything like that. But, you know, 
I think this is like the ninth year that they've done it. So yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed last year's Fantastic Mania. Dude, I love CMLL. I'm yeah. all about it. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know why people hate it. Like it's great. Yeah, I know a lot of people like. There were some really good matches on on last year, like Volador and uh, Barbaro Cabernario was yes. great. Uh, the the brothers tag team uh, tournament. Made, yeah, yeah, yeah. Event. The Guerreros yeah. taking on. Uh, they took on. Uh, it was Dragon Lee and not Rush, Mystico. Yeah, Mystico, Mystico too. Yeah, that match was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and there's uh, I don't remember all the matches. Grand Guerrero versus Niebla Rojas. I think so. That the, match was really good. Kojima and Roosh. Yeah, it was okay. Well, <laughs> why are you looking at Shima so much? That match wasn't even that good. But yeah, like I'm excited. I, I can't wait. Hope I hope I hope that they bring in Negro Casas this year. Like I love Negro Casas. He's my favorite. Um, and then um if you get a chance this week, you might want to go to Chris Charlton's page at Reason JP. He had some uh, translations from Tanahashi regarding the um, press conference that him and Omega did and his thoughts on it. It was pretty thought-provoking stuff. He also talked about how, like, if Kenny doesn't want to play the bad guy in this whole thing, he might be forced to. Mm. Very interesting stuff. He also had some thoughts on, like, uh, Abushi and, and everything like that. So definitely want to check that out. Um, last night was the NWA 70th anniversary show. Um, spoiler alert if you you know haven't seen it or don't want to know, but uh, uh, we now have a new NWA World Heavyweight Champion as Nick Aldis defeated Cody in a best out of three falls match to win back the NWA title. Yeah. Uh, I've been hearing very good reports. I have not seen this match yet, but I've been hearing great things. Um, you know, four-star range. Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing the match was really good. Nick so. Aldis had uh, Camilla Kane out there who dates Braun Strowman. Uh, she's a bodybuilder, and uh, she, he was she was his uh, insurance policy to take care of Brandy Rhodes. So I guess she did a good job because Nick is now the new champ. They were saying they were they had some uh, technical issues with the audio. Yeah, the I've been hearing there was a lot of production issues. You could hear the commentators like talking during video packages. You can hear like the director calling cut, a uh, backstage segment, and just audio not working on certain video packages heard it was a hot mess so they have some things to work out but you know I heard nothing but good things about the main event which is great and yeah, uh and I heard all the other good matches all the other matches were good too I heard that you know Willie Mack was a standout what do you think about that new NWA now? I think title? it's ugly I think it's horrible looking I think everyone who thinks that is stupid. Well, I guess you think I'm stupid, but I, I do not like the look of that belt. Bro, What's... that belt looks awesome. What no, are you talking no, it about? doesn't, bro. Oh, my gosh. That belt is awesome. That screams like old school, like, so I guess what, it's they, the NWA. What, they, what they want, but oh, my gosh. That belt looks great. You guys are crazy. No, but shout out to Willie Mack for winning it, though. I, I bet heard... you Willie Mack loves that belt. Of course, they didn't get payday. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also talked about how the NWA is planning to run uh, the Crockett Cup in 2019, which is, you know, one of my favorite all-time tournaments, the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup tournament, tag team tournament. Like, like when I hear that, I just – I get excited, bro. Like, <laughs> I think about, like, the old, like – um, Turner Home Broadcasting like tournaments like two men locked in Mortal Kombat <laughs> like I love it dude yeah. so I'm just I'm curious to see what teams are going to be able to get I know that they've been partnering with a lot of 
different companies. So I'm expecting to see a lot of Ring of Honor teams in there. Um, well, you know, um, when they used to run the Crockett Cup tournament, they would bring in a lot of outside talent back in the day. You know, they'd, they'd bring guys from Mexico, guys from uh, from Japan, and then they'd have, you know, international talent like the Sheep Herders, di- all, all sorts of different teams. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised for them to be drawing from a lots of different, you know, indie promotions and even internationally. Yeah. And, um, you know, the NWA isn't like a promotion. They don't, they don't have a roster. But, I mean... If I'm a tag team and I'm on the indies and they're running a uh, the Jim Crockett Cup I'm trying tournament, to, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna let be, me in there. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get notoriety. So like, I would want to be part of it. And so I think that's a great. Some I've seen some people like blasting this move and thinking it's a stupid idea. I think it's a brilliant idea actually. I think it's really smart. So um, also at the end of the night last night, uh, apparently Cody was talking about uh, All In Two taking place next May. Yeah, he says probably gonna take place and possibly take place in May. So some people are taking that to mean that they're definitely not signing with WWE. I'm looking at it being like, we have no idea if he's even telling the truth. Right. Whether this is an actual plan they have or if they're just leaving, like, who knows? Maybe, who knows? Maybe Vince is going to let them run all in under the WWE banner. I highly doubt that. But but one could hope. um, I also saw that Cody was teasing. um, He was tweeting out today and talking about when his dates are up with Ring of Honor. Yeah, that he might be moving into a new role within the wrestling world. Yeah, just just more teases and just more working us. Like, what is he talking about? Like, yeah. Um, and I think that that's a good place to kind of talk about um, the rumors that came up this past week with uh, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, The Elite, Access TV, and... Uh, what's his name? Khan. He's like the son, the, the, the son of the owner of the Mavericks. Uh, I think it's the Jaguars or the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, apparently, you know, there's this rumor came out that um, a billionaire wants to work with Jr. and uh, Jericho to start a new wrestling promotion. And rumor had it that they already had a TV deal. They're working on a TV deal with. Um, access tv and that apparently that's where uh the elite um is gonna go next year so i saw um that brian alvarez was kind of refuting this earlier today and say like and he said yes there there have been talks of interest from you know this billionaire son but i mean that's not like even a new thing i mean that's since wcw's closed that's happened a ton of times, and no promotion has ever actually lifted off right. the ground. And I guess a big thing is like JR's contract, uh, WWE contract expiring shortly, and apparently he's declined to renew his contract. And the rumor has that he's sending out feelers to certain WWE performers, while Jericho has been sending out feelers on the New Japan side. Uh, and Barry Bloom, who is Jericho and Jim Ross' agent, he's he was recently in Japan. Um, taking meetings related to this deal, apparently, um, and like you mentioned, the the, the project supposed to be financed by the Khan family, um, who they own the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the English Premier League. 
Um, so yeah, lots of room here saying you know that Cody and the Young Bucks are already on board, and and so is Hangman Page. That Omega status is unclear, and uh, Barry Bloom also is the agent for Goldberg. So the potential of Goldberg being involved. It's a lot of craziness in the story. Well, like right now, the the most recent reports that I've heard is that this is not true, um, or at least that's what Brian Alvarez was saying. And right, and, and Jericho, and they they were also, and Jericho had come out and uh, refuted this as well as Jim Ross. The other thing too is that if the elite really were doing this and having these talks, they would be in, under contract violation. They could be; it'd be a big issue for them. But. Um, you know, I think part of it is that one reason that a lot of people are questioning this is that the original reports are coming from SES Scoops, I believe, yeah. is the, the group. Yep. And they've had a, a history of reporting, like, news stories like this that didn't pan out and ended up not – I don't want to call it fake news, but, you know, weren't necessarily based in – Right. They probably got – they probably heard something and they spun a whole story out of just – a little tidbit that they've heard. Now, is it possible that this could be happening? I mean, maybe. I mean, what do you think? I mean, anything is possible in the wrestling business, especially in 2018. So, I mean, could this potentially be, could happen? Yes. Do I think it's happening? Not really. I think it'd be a lot for the elite guys to, to risk doing this, going to a whole new promotion. But yet again, they did all in, and so maybe they want to try doing their own promotion. I did see that Cody was tweeting, and he was like, I'm going all in on the Jaguars this season. <laughs> <laughs> Got a good feeling about them, yeah. and uh, different stuff like that. So that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we'll keep our eye on it, but I don't, I don't expect this story to... But um, if this, to- if this story is true... Brad Davis at SES Scoops was the first one to break it, and he has done a fantastic job of journalism. And if this is literally just fake news, he's it was, a mark. It was Brad Davis at SES Scoops <laughs> who broke this story. <laughs> um, although Access TV has came out and said come out and denied any involvement in any wrestling promotion linked to Chris Jericho, and they said that they're not looking to do anything outside of New Japan at this current time. Um, I would say that. If Jericho is siphoning New Japan guys from New Japan, I would be so pissed. (laughs) I would be so pissed. Um, Yeah, that would suck. So, Um, What's Okada doing in the promotion of Jericho? (laughs) Anyway, so Cody actually was also ripping promoters earlier this uh, week on Twitter talking about how... Uh, the wrestlers know more basically at this point. Right, and the promoters don't know how to handle them. Promoters are clueless and, yeah. and irresponsible. And um, yeah, that got a lot of like fire. A lot of different people had different takes on that. So uh, I think I think these guys are just working. They're just like it's all just leverage for them yeah. to get paid the biggest amount of money that they can. Yeah. Um, other stuff that's been going on this week. So Nick Jackson actually was tweeted uh, tweeting out. Someone asked him. Uh, what you know? What wrestlers he would like to wrestle, current, past, or future? And he said, the Young Bucks versus the Usos, and the Elite versus the New Day. So, kind of tells you who he's wanting to work with potentially. Mm, yeah, they've been wanting to do that for a while though. Um, another spoiler: so Jeff Cobb was at PWG this past week. Obviously, he won Bola earlier last month, and he had a title challenge against uh, Big Daddy Walter. 
And, uh, you know, congratulations to Jeff Cobb as he lifted the PWG title off of Walter. He's the new PWG world champion. Yeah, Jeff is having a great end of the year. Wins Bola, beats Walter. He's the TV champ for Ring of Honor. Uh, This guy's getting booked all over the place. And when he comes to Long Beach, he's going to whoop that goto (laughs) at. Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah, he's having a good year. Um... RevPro actually has announced um, their Uprising event in 2018. Um, the Uprising event that they have coming up there, they've already announced that they're going to have Minoru Suzuki, I'm sorry, uh, Tomohiro Ishii defend his title against David Starr, who is their current uh, cruiserweight champion. So David Starr trying to win you know, both titles. They also are going to have uh, the team of Suzuki-gun, which it which would be um, Zack Saber Jr. as well as Minoru Suzuki, they're going to be taking on I believe it's CCK. Yes, CCK. I think that's who they're wrestling. I could be wrong. Maybe it's Aussie Open. I forget. But that's coming up shortly. Um, Rep Pro also just uh, released their first episode of TV this past week on um, Free Sports. And uh, Liger was actually featured on that episode. So was Kushida, Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Oka, the Great Okarn. So heavy New Japan. Was an Osprey on there too, I think? Uh, no. No? Okay. No, the, the main event was Kushida and Zack Sabre Jr., uh, which... What I'm hearing was amazing. Yeah, they said it was yeah. a great match. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, right on the same week as uh, WWE launching their... Um, NXT UK. NXT UK. Which is also a pretty good show. You should check that out. So, we'll see what happens with Brett Pro, but congratulations to their new TV deal. And, uh, yeah, Uprising looks good. Um, I also listened to the X-Pac podcast earlier today. He talked about the New Japan unrest and the rumors that are going on. And he, he kind of addressed it. He said something that I thought was very interesting. And he was like... Basically, if these rumors are true, and he thinks they are, he was like, because he's like, he basically said that he's talked to guys himself as well who've kind of said the same thing. And he's like, the bottom line is, he's like, you can have a company going as strong as you want and have all these great matches. But if, as soon as like people's attitudes change, then all your momentum dies. And he was like, and literally he's like, Vince will buy all these guys from you. He was like, he's like, you want to, you want to basically like lose a company real quick. He was like, Vince will come in and he will get every one of these guys. He will pay them whatever he has to just to put them on the shelf. And he's like, he's like, trust me, that will happen. He was like, and that he's like, he's like, if you, if, if hypothetically, if management is in the wrong and they don't know how to relate to wrestlers, they don't know how to talk to them or, you know, handle talent relations. He was like, this company will die. Yeah. Which I was like, I mean, that might be a little overstating it. I don't I don't expect New Japan to die or anything like that, but I thought he brought up a good point because I mean, you know, who wants to work at a place where you feel undervalued? Right. I know I don't. Hey, you know, with all those TV deals and Saudi money, you know, Vince can easily throw that cash around. Yeah. So, um that was interesting. I know Jim Ross on the Ross Report also talked uh earlier this week about the Elite's contracts coming up and where he thinks that they're going to go, what they're going to do. So you might want to check that out. Um 
outside of New Japan, there's a really good match coming up for Dragon Gate's uh, upcoming show. We've uh, they're, they're running a special international singles match between Pac and Flamita. Dude, I need to get my hands on that match. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that looks like a banger. Uh, Ring of Honor Global Wars is coming up next month, and a bunch of New Japan talent has already been announced for it. They actually start releasing some of the matches. Yeah. Um, the talent looks good, but the matches, I'm kind of like... They, like, they're literally running, like, Bully Ray and Silas Young against the Young Bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, eh. Dude, I'm so... Don't get me started on Bully Ray. I'm so over that man on Ring so of Honor. We'll see what, you know, what these cards look like once they come out, you know. I know cards. there was one tag match that looked interesting. It was, like, a multi-man tag with, like, Young Bucks versus Time Machine versus L.I.J. versus I think Gresham, SCU. I think Gresham's Gresham and Lethal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. I mean, yeah, but it just, it looks like, you know, your regular Ring of Honor multi-man match. Like, there's nothing compelling there. Yeah. Um, It does make me wonder what these MSG cards are really going to look like. Like, how good can a New Japan Ring of Honor card be? You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Um, I know earlier this week, Scott Demore was being interviewed and they asked him about the Ring of Honor impact relationship. And he basically said, like, you know, he's like, we're not in a partnership. He's like, but we're not enemies either. And he was like, there have been opportunities this past year for us to have allowances for guys to work together. And he kind of brought up, like, Austin Aries showing up in Ring of Honor. He also talked about um, Chris Saban being allowed to come work for them when they did a show, I think, with Border City Wrestling. Yeah. Um, And he said, you know, there have been, like some things like that that have occurred this past year and so he's like you know the the wrestling world's kind of changing and you know he's like it will you know so i think that's something to kind of be optimistic about hopefully you know these companies can work together more in the future and exchange talent because i mean dude if you want if you want my honest opinion you look at the two rosters like impact's got the better roster yeah they do i would there's a lot more matchups of guys that are in impact that i'd like to see wrestle new japan guys than ring of honor guys like yeah. So, um, especially if you take away the elite. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's, you're working with not much there. Also, um, we didn't touch on this last week, but Michael Elgin won the CMLL Grand Prix that we talked about being showed on Honor Club. So if you have an Honor Club subscription, you can see it. It's also on uh, YouTube. YouTube, And um, I actually saw his match with, with uh, Ultimo Guerrero from uh, you know the Friday night show in, in Arena Mexico. And, I mean, it was awesome, bro. It was really, really, yeah, that's really, on really my, That's on my list to watch. Yeah, I give it a high recommendation. If, if you like Haas battles, if you like Lucha Haas battles, <laughs> then you're going to love this match. And, uh, yeah, let's close out the show. We're going to talk about Being the Elite, episode 122, The Brass Rings. Before we talk about Being the Elite, there's one thing I just thought about, something we talked about last week or two weeks ago, Punishment Martinez. Oh, yeah. Uh, he officially signed with the NXC. Yeah. Yep, so he's in the Performance Center. Chelsea Green's in the Performance Center. Mia Yim. Mia Yim. They just keep signing everybody up, man. Yeah, man. Super promotions. All right, but yeah, now being the elite, uh, episode was it, 122, Brass Rings. What do you think about it? Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. I thought it was funny. Um, you know, they talked about Flip Gordon not being on the show the past few weeks, and then... You know, they were like, well, it kind of felt like your character peaked at all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
is, yeah, you have to go out there and grab the uh, imaginary brass ring. So he basically just was inserting himself into everybody's bit, like, yeah. all week. First he, like, super kicked the Young Bucks, stole their super kicks, and then he, like, jumped in the uh, SCU. Bro, when he jumped in with SCU and he's like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, he's like... Where were they? They're in Philly. He's like, Philly cheesesteaks suck. Yeah. He's like, their football team sucks. Yeah. He's like, everybody knows that the Patriots should have beat them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and like, yeah, SCU just looked like so befuddled and confused. They had no clue what was going yeah, on. Yeah, he tried to steal like all the, the uh, Trevor and Arthur, the two hand, like oh, yeah, their, yeah, their yeah. gimmick. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. So, um, yeah. Uh, but I mean... There wasn't a lot on the show that was too crazy. I mean, uh, Triple H sent Stardust, or sent Cody the that, Stardust. That was the funniest thing of the whole episode. <laughs> He's like, hope this still fits. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so Cody Rhodes is backstage, and he gets a note that says, I hope it still fits, H, and he opens up his uh, bag, and there's the freaking Stardust outfit, which was so <laughs> hilarious. Dude, I was dying laughing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and then, obviously, like the Young Bucks are talking about how they don't know what they're gonna do next year, and they can't. Yeah, Marty invited Nick this time to the, the the New Year's party. It's like January first. Like, yes, when else is New Year's Day? It doesn't change. It's the same day every year. What do you mean you can't commit? It's like, uh, I just don't know, Marty. I can't. I can't commit. But yeah, other than that, you know, just being the elite. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it was good. Yep. But I'm uh, you know, this week. We got to cover some of these Road 2 shows, but next week we're going to bring you our preview of Power Struggle, and I think that's going to be like, that's our last really big show of the year, and I'm really, really looking forward to Power Struggle. Like, yeah. Very geeked up for it. Yeah, it's going to be a great card. I feel like a lot of great stuff is going to happen. Also, we've been working on our uh, year-end awards very rigorously this past week. We worked hard on yeah, this Yeah, it's so. been some tough uh, decisions, some... Tough choices, tough conversation. We've only got October, November, and then that's going to be the cutoff. And then we will be releasing our uh, awards poll. So it's coming down to crunch time. Like, And we're almost at a, a full year of this show. Yeah, dude. Episode 50 is about to come up. Like, yeah, big things. And also, like, dude, our show's been killing it this year. Like, what we've done, what, like over 10,000 listeners? Over, yeah, year? we're like, I think we're at like 11,000 now. Man. I mean, we, we're like one of the newest shows on our network, and we're definitely the flagship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's what you get when you get the young boy and uh, Mr. Social Suplex himself, Jeremy Donovan. That's what happens when you get top talent. Top talent. But no, yeah, this this year's been great, and uh, we're looking forward to Power Struggle coming up and looking forward to, you know, our awards polls and, you know... We've got some other uh, new categories. We got new categories. We also got some new ventures that are, are gonna kind of expand the keeping a strong style brand in the near future. Yeah. To, so there's some good stuff on the horizon, and um, the way that this show keeps growing is you guys sharing it and you guys telling people about it. Yeah. And Tweet it, share it, upvote it, do what you gotta do to spread the word. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, if you really like our show, then. You know, you should DM the uh, the hosts of other uh, podcasts and tell them how crappy they are. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, I happen to know that someone recently, and you know who you are, you're listening. <laughs> oh, man. 
I was listening to uh, yeah another show and they they mentioned something. There's some similar verbiage to some DMs that we had also gotten. And I was like, this man's a fool. <laughs> no, but um, that's not how we get over. The way we get over is you guys sharing us and tweeting us and uh, you know engaging with us and rating us and. Jeremy, you, you've got a whole spiel about it, so. Yeah, um, you know, next week we'll be back with, you know, more Super Junior Tag League coverage, all this news. You can connect with us on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan, Social Suplex at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can also email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com if you want to uh, have any questions for the show or you want to get involved with Social Suplex. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. The Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. The Outsider's Edge, featuring Rance, Carl, and Kyle. In our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.